Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, Kurt, you want a hot take? Yeah. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a great two-strike hitter. Bill Lambeer would have made Shaq piss himself. You really think so? It's Shaq, dude. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Fun fact, Kurt. I love deep stats. Good research, bro. <laughs> Word association. Greatest of all time. Tell me how you really feel about pro sports. These contracts are out of control. Some people might not like that. Well, I'm going to pay some people off. <laughs> well, I mean, you sure will. <laughs> You're the baseball guru, though, man. Shout out to my coach, Joe Rodmaker. Well, it is a digital world these days. Yeah, I'm an analog man. Tiger Woods. Mount Rushmore, bro. Coach Bobby Knight. IU misses him, no doubt. Times have changed. But for the better of the worse. No, that's, that's arguable. I'll tell you right now, though. I'm, uh, it's modern age. I'm not drug testing for pot anymore in any sport. It's a damn plant. <laughs> they fire and suspend these guys for weed? Ridiculous. I'm a fountain sure of bet. useless pro wrestling. Sure now. bet. Sure bet. <laughs> Sound like Adam Sweet. Sure bet. <laughs> he was a role model for millions. Rest in peace, Mamba. Team Ali. Team Tyson. You know what? Fuck it. You're baseball's new commissioner. I don't want that job. (laughs) Oh, horse shit. Come on, bro. Magic vs. Bird. What a rivalry. Okay, okay. Boost ratings. Ashes in the seat. You know what? Hot take. Tap the mic. He's the best I've ever seen. Nobody compares to him. Look at his legacy. All right, guys. Another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. All right, guys, Jared Atkins alongside Kirk Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. What's happening, dog? All of us sitting here in the dark. Yeah, we're sa- we, uh, we, we are semi without light. We have uh, got a couple extension cords running. And yeah. It's a little it's a little dark in the kitchen tonight. Yeah, well, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, we'll make it. Place is falling apart, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so am I. Yeah, me too. It's what happens when you get old. They say you're as young as you feel, son. Well, I'm 22 then, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right. How yeah. you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. Still in my pajamas. Yeah, I got over here. I had to work tonight. First, uh, first yeah. Saturday night I've worked in a long time. I smell like fried chicken. I'm in khakis and tennis shoes and pissed off because I'm not in jeans and boots. But <laughs> feel naked without jeans and boots. Right. But uh, here you are. Here we are. We're going to yep. have a late night tonight. Yep. It's been a while since we've had a super late one. Yeah, just the way it worked out. Uh, Timestamp it here. Uh, Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, about quarter after nine. And Luck is pissed. And Luck is pissed because he's across the street again. <laughs> you want to come say hi, baby? He don't want to get up again. Oh, hips bothering him. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> That. Well, well, we got to pick up a little feedback from the be- the bedroom and the mic, but that's okay. Yeah, just no work. worries. We'll work through it. No worries. We got company tonight. Yeah. So uh, I don't even know where to begin. I guess uh, touch base with a uh, couple episodes or the couple weeks ago. I had two weeks to prep for this episode, and I chose not to <laughs> do anything. 
Uh, I did one paragraph Monday night, which was about four sentences, and then I finished it all this morning after I took the kids back. Uh, I was lazy, but I had a lot going on this week. Yeah, I was too. A lot of errand running, working the second job, and I launched my second podcast this yeah, past yeah. weekend, my pro wrestling podcast. There you go. Shout out Wrestling Through the Eras. Uh, so I'm a busy man. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, what did we talk about last time? 2004 ALCS. Yeah. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of feedback, but uh, we're starting to get feedback from guys at work. Apparently, more people are picking up the podcast at work. Yeah. Uh, one guy over in the buffing department, Odiner. Yeah. Uh, he said he likes when we do uh, team history episodes, shouting out the, uh, I guess the first episode, yeah. Golden yeah. State. So that's yeah. taken into consideration. And uh, one of the guys in our department requested sometime we do a uh, complete history of the cincinnati Bengals. he's a big yeah. Bengals fan so we'll put that in the rotation somewhere for sure and then uh i guess tonight since it uh is postseason baseball time yeah, my dodgers i don't know what's happening right now uh they're playing tonight aren't they yeah game six game six uh houston astros punched their ticket to yeah. the world series yeah. last night yeah. i would have loved to have seen bunch of cheaters <laughs> yeah i said it would have loved to have seen dodgers and the red Sox for the th- second time in three years but uh oh well oh well maybe we'll have a houston versus it's kind of weird Lely. it's kind of weird that houston i think it's hard to think of them as a american league team i when i was growing up hell you know what year did they move to the american league 2000 it was uh 2000s or the late 90s wasn't it 2000 i think because i yeah, they were still in the National League in the 90s yet. That's when they had the killer bees. The killer bees. Which, I kind of like the Astros back in. I'm a Dodger fan. Don't get me wrong. But. I'm going to start this by saying I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, Kurt might try to pitch another baseball episode. I might pull rank. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but. We're going to do another baseball episode tonight. We're going to do a World Series since people seem to respond to the, this will be our third World Series episode. And Kurt picked one that absolutely pissed me off and broke my heart at the same time. For those that don't know, we're going to cover the 2009 World Series tonight, the Yankees and the Philadelphia Phillies, which broke my heart because my Phillies were unsuccessful in defending their World Series championship right. from 08, and the Yankees won their 27th and, to date, their last uh, yep. World Series. Yep. Neither one of these teams have been back to the World Series since 2009. Nope. Philadelphia has not <laughs> been to the postseason since 2009 or 2012. Oh, my God. You, you see this right there? So that's a, that's a, that's a baby hair on my mic. Oh, i got to tell you this. So I did my wrestling podcast <laughs> Sunday night. So in my the the room that's off my master is my third my little one's room. Okay. We painted it up as a nursery. We, me and the ex wife are still together. So at my table where I do all my songwriting and everything, I had the mic set up. So I took a video last night, and uh, I'll show it to you after we get off. I'm gonna <laughs> post it on my Facebook page. But she's in there. The recorder's off and everything's off. But she's in there gripping the mic. My three year old got her head and she's singing. <laughs> She's singing, and she keeps saying, Monday, 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 Tuesday, Tuesday. And she's three. It's yeah, the cutest I fucking send, thing. Send that to me. Dude. I will. I I will yeah, oh, yeah. I sent oh, it to Adam. Man. I sent it to our boss. Shout out Adam Sweet. Yeah. 
Adam like heart emojied the hell out of it. It's, <laughs> it's Monday. My, it's a minute of cuteness. Right. And my seven-year-old, she's playing a little baby piano right beside her. So it's like they're in the studio. And I'm just thinking, if you kids only knew what me and Kurt were fixing yeah. to tear into into my basement this winter, yeah. we're building a studio in my basement. Yeah. 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 We've been gathering uh, material. Been gathering some material, taking uh since I'm in charge of skid disposal at work, uh we've been getting some stuff and then I came into some Kinlan dried heat treated boards. A lot of what I got's heat treated already. I'm gonna have to get a hold of some old school borax. That shit's almost illegal yeah, now. I know. Clean these boards up, pressure wash them down, put yeah, it but then people making meth and stuff, right? But then uh but then I'll get my hands on some actual Kinlan dried heat treated lumber and it's it's gonna need about 400 bucks and two by lumber and some stuff but i say right around when we're all said and done about 800 dollars we'll have us a nice little studio yeah, and it'll make a big difference all right for sure high five you ready well, yeah let's do you're an asshole for picking this episode <laughs> so the 2009 world series this one's important because my philadelphia phillies were in it they won the World Series in 2008, defeating the Tampa Bay Rays. They made it back to the World Series. Uh, and it was the Yankees' 27th and final World Series yeah, to date. That's right. This was their – they opened the season in the new Yankee Stadium. Yes, that's right. Uh, to September of 2008, whatever, the last official game. It, or might have been October. I don't remember. September. They closed down Yankee Stadium, opened the next one right next door. The old Yankee Stadium is now a park, by the way. Really? A park right didn't next know to that. the state. Yeah. <coughs> um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we're going to hop in the time machine, son, and we're going to go. And like I said, uh, I was a lazy fuck. I had two weeks to prep for this. And oh, yeah. I've been busy, so this yeah, one might not be busy. good, but we got what we got. And we got Google if we need anything else. Right. So, Shout out to Google. Yeah. Shout out to Google. And uh, I want to start this by saying... Uh, any audio we play tonight, whether it be music or commentary, any audio, all copyrights go to everybody that owns it. Uh, that could be the TV channels, the radio networks, writers, producers, singers. Uh, and to the best of our knowledge, all the information we have tonight is factual. Uh, if something's wrong, get at us. Let us know. That's right. So Preach it, brother. Preach it. All right, dog. Here we go. Um the 2009 Yankees, they finished the regular season 103-59. and 59. That's uh, that's pretty decent. You get 100 wins in a season, yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty. You know, 100 wins in a season, you're thinking World Series for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they opened their new stadium for the first regular season game on April 16th. They played against the Cleveland Indians. I felt like I should put that in there just because nice. it was a new stadium. Yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't, I'd didn't. Uh, forgotten what year it was when they opened it. Uh, what's what's also interesting about 2009 is George Steinbrenner had stepped down as the main decision maker for the team on November 20th, uh, and Major League Baseball's owners meeting they approved the passing to his youngest son, Hal Steinbrenner, who at the time was 39 years old. Uh, George had been. Uh, George had been responsible for Yankee success for almost four decades, uh, yeah. 30, 40 years. Uh, 
He bought the team from CBS in 73, and when we reached 2008, 2009, he'd been in failing health, and he had been drastically reducing his role in the ownership and running of the team over the past several seasons. Uh, and despite his limited role, he still remained as a team chairman while his son Hal was running the organization uh, until he passed away in July of 2010. Uh in 2008, the Yankees had failed to make the playoffs for the first time since 1993. That's so, for the first time in 15 years, they didn't make the postseason in 2008. So, proud organization, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, they expect Yankee fans expect to be there every year. I'm sure. Yeah. And at that time, Brian Cashman was the general manager. Uh, I don't know if Cashman still runs the team today or not. If he's not, he only checked out within the last handful of years. Right, so, right. I'm not sure. Uh, but he made it clear there was going to be some off-season changes. Uh, Mike Messina retired. Uh, they got rid of several players. Uh, they declined. Um, they declined the option on Jason Giambi on November thirteenth, two thousand eight. They they traded for Nick Swisher. Um, Nick Swisher. I yeah, Nick Swisher. Switch hitter, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they had a several other departures: Bobby, uh, Bobby Abreu, Ivan Rodriguez, Carl Pavano. Uh, basically, by doing this, they set themselves up for success because they shed about ninety million dollars from their payroll. So that enabled them to uh, yeah, do a little shopping. Do a little shopping and line out some contracts. Uh, so in comes Nick Swisher. Um, there was other people, but aside from Swisher, the the biggest uh, yeah, Giambi too, didn't he? Well, they they got rid of Giambi. They, they declined his option. That's right. That's right. Uh, they picked up some other, um, we'll just say role players. Right. Uh, but aside from the big deal with Swisher, on December eighteenth, two thousand eight, they signed CC Sabathia yeah. to a seven year deal worth one hundred and sixty one million dollars. <laughs> And they also signed pitcher A.J. Burnett to a five-year deal worth about $83 million. And then on January 6th of 2009, they signed first baseman Mark Teixeira to an eight-year deal worth $180 million. And uh, Teixeira was pretty smart because he had a no-trade clause put in his contract. Uh, these signings of Sabathia, Burnett, and Teixeira kind of filled what their needs were at the time, yes. which was desperately... Pitching? To retool their pitching staff and a, a needed first base. Yes. Yeah. Um, they would also later reach deals with Brian Bruni, Xavier Nady, and Melky Cabrera. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Melky Cabrera. I love Melky Cabrera. Oh, I did too. He's a pretty decent baseball player. But it doesn't stop there. Then on January 26th, they re-signed Andy Pettit to a one-year deal uh, worth about $6 million. A um, couple other... Like I said, positional players. Um, so let's see. Yeah, see. Pettit was the only left-hander in that lineup. CC was. CC, that's right. My CC, bad. Yeah. Now, CC and uh, Pettit, so they had balance in their pitching. Then. CC was a big guy. Yeah, too. he was a big guy. For six sure. five, six six, and, about two fifty, two sixty. Yeah, and had a very deceptive delivery. I think. I mean, that was his thing. I think. Hiding the ball before you throw it, you know. Some guys' wind-ups are just hard to pick up. Um, 
going back through my research this week, there wasn't a whole lot of regular season information to be put in the notes. They just, as I as I said before in the 2004 episode two weeks ago, the Yankees would do Yankee things. And what Yankee things mean is few mistakes, lots of flash, right. lots of success, lots of wins. Uh, the only one of the only real regular season noteworthy things here was uh, coming out of the midsummer break. They started on a hot streak, and then by the end of by the start of August, I should say, the Yankees took control of the best record in baseball, uh, which was highlighted by their four game sweep of their number one rival, the Red Sox. The Red Sox. Uh, I put a little bit more about that in here. Uh, entering that series. With the Red Sox, the Yankees had lost all eight games in which they had faced the Red Sox in 2009. Then during game one of the series, the Yankees pounded starter John Smoltz. Shout out John Smoltz. Uh, nine hits, four walks, and eight earned runs in only 3.1 innings. That's uh, that's a bad day to the office. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're coming off the, he wouldn't fool nobody. You're coming off the mound with your head hung yeah. low. Cause, yeah. Hey, yeah. A frenzy hitting yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Jorge Posada finished with a triple shy of the cycle as the Yankees had 18 hits that game and went on to win 13-6. to six. Uh, The second game of the series, it took 15 innings for a run to be recorded in the form of a walk-off two-run homer by A-Rod. Uh, Josh Beck and A.J. Burnett had started the pitcher's duel and they each pissed – pissed. <laughs> each pitched about seven shutout innings. <laughs> Then the Yankees won the third game of the series Sunday night, 5-0, behind CC Sabathia on the mound just dealing lights he was out. untouchable that oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, lights out. The sweep, basically, of the Red Sox, though, said what I – goes back to what I said. They had control of not only the division, but the American League for the rest of the season. And for the whole rest of the month and a half of the season or so, uh, no other team would come within five games of first place in not only the division but the entire AL. So, wow. uh, one other thing of note, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of noteworthy things. Jeter became the all-time hits leader of the Yankees with 27-22, passing Lou Gehrig on September 11, 2009. The hit came off of a single from uh, Chris Tillman of Baltimore in the third inning. And then on September 22nd of 2009, after defeating the Los Angeles Angels, the Yankees would become the first team to pinch a uh, playoff spot. Clinch. I said pinch. Man, I'm all fucked up tonight. (laughs) For the postseason. No worries, bro. By beating Boston on September 27th, the Yankees won their 100th game of the season and clinched the AL East title. This proved significant because the Yankees had started out 0-8 against their rivals in Boston and ended up splitting the series 9-9. And October 4th, A-Rod would hit a three-run homer, the 243rd home run of the team's season to date. Wow. Breaking the previous record set in 2004, shout out our ALCS episode, of 2042, or 242, excuse me. Uh, later in the same inning, he hit a grand slam, breaking the AL record for most RBIs in one inning by a single player at seven. Wow. And the two last bats at Rodriguez's regular season allowed him to finish with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. So. Pretty good year, yeah. Uh, you're all juiced up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Yankees would go on to play Minnesota in the ALDS. Uh, they defeated them three games to none. Um, of course, game one was started by CC Sabathia. Uh, memorable plays of that game, uh, a two-run homer by Jeter, two RBIs by A-Rod, and a two-run homer by Hideki Matsui. Well, we talked a lot about him yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, great hitter, I know. Uh, basically here, uh, he didn't come to, uh, just on Matt Sui there, he didn't come to the league until he was older, did he? So he didn't, he wasn't around, just think if he'd had all them years. All them years. Yeah. What kind of numbers he could have put up on. So, they were trailing three to one in the bottom of the ninth in game two, and then A-Rod would hit a game tie and two-run homer. Off of uh, one of the best closers in the game, I thought at the time, which was uh, Joe Nathan. Yeah, he's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Robertson escaped a bases-loaded no-out jam in the top of the 11th, and then Teixeira walk-off home run to lead the bottom half to give the Yankees a 4-3 win. I mean, your fields were up against it. It was a, it was a pretty good challenge. Teixeira and see his, uh, Rodriguez at third, that's – Teixeira's at first, and, uh, Rodriguez, and A-Rod's at third, I mean, and Jeter's working shortstop. That's pretty good. Uh, Swisher was second base, right? Uh, he was an outfielder. Or was he? Yeah, I'm not sure who. I got the fucking lineups. We'll get to that yeah, later. But I was just saying, uh, them two bats in the lineup right there, holy shit, you couldn't pitch around nobody because, well. Uh, former Yankee Carl Pavano pitched shutout through six innings in game three, which, by the way, fun fact, uh, Game three of the 2009 ALDS would be the final game the Twins ever played at the Hubert Humphrey Metrodome that they shared with the Vikings. Right. The 2010, they would be at the Target Field. Target their Field, new, yeah. yeah, their yep. new stadium. Uh, but anyways, top of the seventh, Rodriguez and, and uh, Jorge Posada would hit her home run to give the Yankees a 2-1 lead, and then the bottom of the eighth. Uh... I lost my fucking spot. In the bottom of the eighth, the Twins' Nick Punto made a wide turn at third after Denard Spann. That's a name we yeah, talked about before. Denard Spann, great player. Uh, he had an infield single with no one out and was thrown out attempting to retreat back, which basically killed, yeah. killed Minnesota's mojo there. Yankees tacked on a couple of what uh, we like to call insurance runs. And uh, in the top of the ninth, the greatest closer yep. in baseball history, Mariano Rivera, shut out the ninth uh, to give the Yankees their first postseason victory since the 2004 ALDS. Uh, a little note about how A-Rod played in the ALDS. Rodriguez played a pivotal role in the division series, hitting two home runs, batting four fifty-five, and collecting six RBIs. Before the 2009 season, Rodriguez had only had four postseason home runs in a Yankee uniform, and had it above it, and had it batted above 300. Um, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of information, so I went ahead and put all this stuff in to try to fill uh, the episode okay. about the yeah, uh, the whole postseason. So, uh, the Yankees would go on to defeat the Los Angeles Angels, or as I call the Anaheim Angels. Uh, in six games in the ALCS. Uh, this marked the Yankees' 40th AL pennant and the first time the Yankees had defeated the Angels in a postseason series. CC uh, Sabathia would win the ALCS MVP with a 2-0 record and two starts against the Angels. 
You know what his ERA was in the ALCS? Probably below one. No, it was it was it was one point one three. Say, I know he was lights out, lights out. Um, he hurl, he 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 was on the mound dealing eight brilliant innings in Game One, which was a four one Yankee victory. Lefties just couldn't hit him at all. By the way, Game One, and I didn't realize this. I didn't remember this, but uh, thank God for my research. The Angels had three very uncharacteristic like errors in that game. Is that right? Uh, so, uh, trying to think who some of the angels would have been, but oh. X time been on that team. Garrett Anderson. Uh, uh, hang on, let's get there. Classic game. Uh, game two was a classic. Vladimir Guerrero was on that team, wasn't he? Yeah, his name's in here somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I almost dropped my fucking cup. Uh, the score in game two, the score remained tied at two, heading in the eleventh inning. In the top half, Chone Figgins broke out of his postseason uh, slump. Okay. Third uh, base. He hit an RBI single to left to score Gary Matthews, gave the Angels a 3-2 lead. However, the bottom half comes. A-Rod lined a home run to short off uh, Brian Fuentes, Angels closer. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, to tie game at three in the bottom of the 13th. AJ Brzezinski on it? No, I don't know. Uh, try to think here. I fucking was rushing through to get this done, and I think I fucked and put something ahead of it. Oh no! Fuck it. Uh, bottom of the thirteenth. Uh, a double play from Cabrera to score Harrison with the winning run gave the Yankees a two-zero series lead. Uh, the Angels return the favor in Game Three with a walk-off win of their own. Vladimir Guerrero, by the way, his son is yeah, pretty good. One of the best players in baseball yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, Junior uh, Blue Jay. Isn't he? I was gonna say I think he's playing Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, he's up in Canada. A. Canada A. Yeah, he's pretty good. I've seen a little bit. Of, I've seen a little bit. Of, Who's uh, the young stud playing for the Pirates or the uh, Padres right now? Oh, Fernando Tatis Junior. Tatis Junior. Uh, yeah, his old man played too, did he not? Yeah, uh, I. What is it in Philadelphia? I feel like I should know this, but I'm sometimes I'm behind on my own team history. We'll have to check that later. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Vladimir Guerrero would hit a huge game tying two run homer off Andy Pettit with two out in the bottom of the sixth. Jeff Mathis laced a game winning RBI double in the bottom of the eleventh to win the game for the Angels, five four. Uh, of course, I don't know if you can remember this, but I do. This came after a controversial decision by Girardi to lift Robertson for Alfredo. Uh, remember how to, Alfredo? I, don't, I can't pronounce his last name, but I remember Alfredo. Spe- spell it there once. Aceves. Aceves. A-C-E-V-E-S. Aceves. Yeah, yeah Aceves. Uh, with two out, no one on the 11th. He served up a single to Howie Kendrick, followed by the Mathis double. Howie Kendrick. And then four solo home runs accounted for the Yankees score and hit by Jeter, Rodriguez, Jorge Posada, Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon, an ex-Red Sox. Johnny Damon, who was part of the Red Sox winning, uh, beating the Yankees. uh, Yep. Uh, Sabathia pitched eight lights-out innings in game four. On three days rest, Melky Cabrera 
lit a fire in the Yankees' ass, four RBIs, including a two-run single on the fourth. He was clutch, man. Melky Cabrera was good. I was a big Melky Cabrera I, fan. And Melky, toward the later years in his career, he didn't get as much fanfare as what Miguel Cabrera did. No, no. But Melky, Melky could ball, man. He Melky could, could ball out. Uh, yeah. Uh, A-Rod would throw in a two-run homer, tying his postseason record with RBIs in eight consecutive <laughs> games. Yeah. Damon would put the game away with a two-run homer in the eighth. The Yankees won 10-1, to putting them one win away from their 40th AL pennant. And then in game five, A.J. Burnett allowed four runs before recording an out in the bottom of the first inning. But he settled down thereafter. The Yankees rallied for six runs with two outs in the top of the seventh, including a three-run double by Teixeira, a game-tying single by Hideki Matsui, and a two-run triple by Robinson Cano. Cano. Uh, however, in the bottom half, the Angels rallied for three runs of their own to regain a 7-6 to lead. And Phil Hughes yeah, uh, I remember Phil yeah, Hughes. Yeah. allowed a game-tying RBI single by Vladimir Guerrero and a go-ahead RBI sender, single to Kendry Morales. The Yankees him. threatened in the top of the ninth. And then... With two out and the bases loaded, Fuentes induced Nick Swisher to pop out to shortstop Eric Abar on a 3-2 pitch to send the series back to New York for a game six. And then in game six, Johnny Damon sparked the Yankees with a two-run single in the bottom of the fourth to give them a lead that they would not relinquish. Pettit pitched a six and a third innings, allowing only one run. The greatest closer... In baseball history, and I will say it every time we yeah. see his name, Mariano Rivera came on in the eighth for a six-out save, but allowed an RBI single to Guerrero to make it a 3-2 Yankee lead. It was the first postseason run allowed by Rivera at home since the year 2000. So for nine years. years. Wow. Nine years. Uh, this is why I will always uh, say he's impressive. the greatest closer in yeah, fucking yeah. baseball history. Hands down, yeah. Dude, our, dude deserves every accolade he's got. Respect I, worldwide. Hittable for the I mean, just nasty stuff. Uh, anyways, and that would also be the only run. Unfortunately, for my Phillies, that would be the only run he would give up in the 2009 postseason. And in the bottom half, errors by Kendrick and Scott Casimir would give the Yankees two insurance runs and. The greatest closer in baseball history <laughs> would shut the door on the ninth inning to give the Yankees their 40th American League pennant and send them back to the World Series for the first time since 2003, yeah. I believe it was. Not a Yankees fan here, but that's impressive. Uh, so that's pretty much all the Yankees 09 recap up until the Fall Classic. Now you're Philadelphia Phillies. Damn it. Definitely don't want to laugh at my Phillies. And, we got a fanatic over here. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the Phillies, let's uh, mm, let's uh, do one here. So, we're gonna shout out our girl first because I seen her posting a bunch of good stuff on Facebook this weekend. Check out Nana's Aroma LLC located in beautiful Palmyra, Indiana, up in Harrison County. Uh, she's got a little shop there. Call her to schedule an appointment for the store due to COVID. Uh, every candle is custom made by Nana from start to finish, even the labeling. And she does more than just candles, folks. She's got air fresheners, warmers, wax melts, anything you can think of. 
uh, and she does every batch in a small quantity for a better QC. Uh, our blueberry cheesecake candle, I had it burning just last night in the house. Yeah. God, it smelled good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a great woman. We love her. She's been through a lot, uh, but she has been supportive. She, I don't know if she's actually checked out the episodes completely, but I know she's listened to a couple of them, especially where we shout her out. And uh, she's a sweetheart. Uh, check out her uh, page on Facebook or check out her website uh, and give her a phone call. 812-972-3670. That's 812-972-3670. She ships all over the United States and you guys definitely won't regret it. You know, shop small businesses all the time, folks. Yes. All right. Shout out to our girl. Yes, for sure. She had a good time, the uh, Harvest Homecoming, which is the big festival up there around New Albany and Clarksville, Jefferson, Louisville. It's their big fall festival. It makes our fall festivals here look tiny. (laughs) And uh, she's doing something up at Corden this weekend, too. And uh, Busy. She's a sweet gal. Sweet, sweet gal. Widowed, you know, so she's got the store for... But okay, uh, I need a drink here. Definitely need some whiskey in this cup after what I'm about to go through. A co-host is a dick. Hey, let's cover the episode that broke your heart. Your Phillies hey, unsuccessfully defending their championship. You wrote it down on your list of episodes, though. Well, it was important for three reasons. Because, one, my team was in it, even though they lost. Two, the Yankees winning 27 championships. And three, it was the... I mean, they played the championship in their new fucking stadium. I mean, I, we could do some Dodgers World Series losses. There's a bunch of them. We could talk about your Dodgers winning a World Series last year. Oh, wait, that's right. You said it wasn't a real World Series. I don't think it is. Well, according to Major League Baseball, it was. Yeah, you know. According to Commissioner Rob look at, look Manford, at the, it was. Look at the state of baseball right now. The state of baseball right now. That's yeah. why you're the new commissioner. No, I'm out. I resigned. I need a luck. I need something stronger than a lucky strike sitting here with this bullshit. Where's Joe Rogan in my fucking DMT? Dimethyltryptamine. It's completely harmless. It's in every plant. Everyone's holding. Yeah. yeah. That was Terrence McKenna's joke. Oh yeah. On one of the Joe Rogan podcasts, Terrence said it's everyone's holding because everybody produces mm-hmm. DMT. Yep. All right, so. The 2009 Philadelphia Phillies. So I become, so I watched baseball. You know, it was my first love. And then when I was, I don't know how old, six, seven, that's when I found out that we had a famous baseball player playing in Philadelphia, Mm. Scott Rowland. Yes. So I become enamored with that team. And of course, Rowland would leave. He would go to St. Louis, go to Cincinnati, all local teams for Mm -hmm. us here. But uh, I become invested in the Phillies. And would start reading about team history, and just it became my team, and I never changed. Tim McGraw's dad, Tuck McGraw, was yep. a Philadelphia Philly. Yep, a closer. Closer. Mm-hmm. A damn good closer. A damn good closer. Yes. All right. It's gonna break my heart. But let's get into it. The 2009 Philadelphia Phillies finished the regular season with a 93 to 69 record in route to winning their third consecutive NL East title. Not as many games as the Yankees, but I'm honestly I believe if you get up there to 80, 90 wins a season, that's a pretty, pretty damn good, good season. Pretty yeah. Good, yeah. So uh, November third, two thousand eight, the Phillies named Ruben Amaro Jr. the general manager after Pat Galick retired at the end of the season, retired with a championship. Uh, Amaro had previously been with the Hilly uh, Phillies. Damn it, I'm fuck. 
It's dark, bro. Yeah, I know. As uh, he was a bat boy in the '80s, a player in the '90s, an assistant general manager in the Phillies from 1998 until his appointment as general manager. Uh, not a whole lot of moving, wheeling and dealing, players coming in and going. But the biggest one I I put in there because of how special this player was to me. December 16th, 2008, they signed Raul Abanez to a three-year, $31.5 million deal. He would prove to be a valuable part oh, of yeah. the team on the field and a locker room leader. Yeah. Yeah. Previously had been with the Seattle the Mariners. Mariners and the yeah. Kansas City Royals, I do yeah. believe. A couple other stops throughout his career. Uh, Quality baseball player. They posted a second consecutive winning April to open the season with an 11-9 and record, but the month was kind of a letdown <coughs> after the death of broadcaster. Um, see, if you, see if you can get this. Let uh, me tell Harry. Oh, Don't say Harry Carey. Uh, Wendelstadt. <laughs> He's an umpire. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Harry Callis. Callis, okay. Uh, after opening the month of May against our division rival Mets, they would meet with Barack Obama to celebrate their 08 World Series victory. Uh, and they had two rookie pitchers win consecutive starts for the first time since 07. Uh, in this season, starting pitcher Jamie Moyer, a very old yes. Jamie Moyer, would earn his 250th career win during the month, while first baseman Ryan Howard and outfielder Raul Banez became the first Phillies teammates to hit 10 home runs in the same month. Echoing their strong run in the middle of the 2008 season, the Phillies compiled a 16-4 record in late May and early June, which was countered by weak interleague play uh, towards the end of June. So, uh, i tell you who my favorite Philly was. It was Vic- Victorino. Shane Victorino? Yes. Class act, dude. Oh, yeah, for Class sure. act, just like Royal Banez. And a hustle. He was a, I you mean, know, he when, won the Pete Rose Charlie Hustle Award. So I go back to 2008. That was the year I turned 21. Long time ago now. <laughs> it's uh, it's been fucking thirteen years ago. Yeah, long time we ago. We won't say how many years it's been for me. <laughs> but so Abanez is coming in, and and you got to think about where we were in technology in the world at that time. The first iPhone had come out. They had I don't quite remember if there were Androids out yet. So most people would still have the flip phones. Yes, I had the old school Motorola Razor. Yeah. You could get still get on the internet. I'd post on Facebook on there. I'd still read sports notifications. Sports apps were kind of coming into play on the phones. But unless you had an iPhone, the apps you could have on a flip phone were pretty limited. Limited, yes. But I would get uh, the ESPN app. And I'll never forget, I was, I I don't remember where I was that day, but I seen it come across my phone. And I'm like, Apanez, that's the guy from Seattle and Kansas City. And I was not sure how how it was going to do. You know, we were getting ready to tack on about $30 million in cap space. But then to get him out there and watch him play and the locker room leader that he was on the field and off the field. Uh, anyways, we'll talk a little bit more about him. There's some cool stuff that happened after his Phillies tenure was done. I included it. But uh, in early June, after the team's largest victory of the season, which, by the way, was a 22-1 to ass-kicking of the Cincinnati Reds, <laughs> five Phillies, Ryan Howard, Raul Banez, Chase Utley and outfielder Shane Victorino and Jason Worth. Jason, Jason Worth had Worth. a beautiful beard. Big, beautiful bearded <laughs> yeah. bastard. They were all selected to the all-star team. He carried a big stick, too. Yeah. 
July was probably their best showing of the season. They compiled 20 wins in the month for the first time since 2001. Uh, and then they traded for pitcher Cliff Lee at the end of the month to bolster their starting rotation, Good who would win his first five starts with the team. Uh, in July 2009, Philly scouts evaluated Pedro Martinez in two simulated game against the Phillies DSL team, leading to a one-year flat $1 million even contract. Martinez would go on to tell reporters, and I quote, I would just like to be the backup. If I could be the backup, that would be a great thing to have. A healthy Pedro behind everyone else in case something happens, that would be a great feeling for the team to have. He ended up replacing Jamie Moyer as a starter in the rotation on August 12th and would win his debut with the team. Um, In August, Eric Bruntlett would turn the first game-ending unassisted triple play in NL history and the second in team history. The following month, the team clinched its third consecutive division championship on September 30th, becoming the first Phillies team to make a third straight playoff appearance since the 76, 77, and 78 Philadelphia Phillies. This would make them the number two seed in the NL, and they faced off against the wild card Colorado Rockies in the first round of the playoffs. So, I, I just thought something there. Uh, what? what uh, Phillies ain't that's not been the team name all the whole time in Philadelphia. Were they the A's at one time? Maybe. Maybe. I think so. I don't know if they've always been the Phillies or not. I uh I do know they were called the Quakers in like the eighteen hundreds. But I did know this. They they went by the Philadelphia Blue Jays for like four or five years for okay. like forty to four to forty nine, but um yeah. Okay. Fighting Phils. Uh anyways. Only seven NL pennants, by the way. Eleven NL East titles and two World Series championships. Yeah. Yeah. A few World Series losses, but we're not going to talk about that. Oh, wait, we are. <laughs> so, anyways, Cliff Lee pitched a complete game in the opener of the ALDS against the Rockies, uh, shutting them out through eight and two-third innings before <laughs> allowing a single run in the ninth. He threw 113 pitches that game, in addition to getting a hit and a stolen base in his first postseason start. The Rockies even the series in the second game as uh, Cole Hamels, We're going to talk about this rotation at length later. Cole Hamels left the stadium early to be with his wife, who went into labor with their first child. Here comes another. uh, Brett Saberhagen, Kansas City Royals, 85. Uh, The Phillies would stage a comeback twice to bring them within a run of tying the game, but could not close the door as uh, one of my favorite closers, Houston Street, uh, saved the game for Aaron Cook. Uh, Charlie Manuel would name Pedro Martinez as Game 3 starter. The game was postponed for a day due to the weather. Uh, the postponement prompted Manuel to change his plans, naming rookie left-hander uh, Hap, J.A. Yeah. Hap, the yep. new starter. Hap pitched three innings, allowing three runs. Uh, and then Manuel brought out Joe Blanton, and I love Joe Blanton, yeah, out of the bullpen. Sure. He pitched two and, a third, two and two-thirds innings, allowing only one run. And then their closer, a pretty good guy in his own right back in that era, Brad Lidge, 
Yeah. Uh, after 11 blowing saves during the regular season, he would preserve the win for the Phillies after a 6-5 victory. Uh in a back-and-forth affair, the Phillies and Rockies would trade leads throughout Game 4 at Coors Field before the Phillies scored three runs in the top of the ninth to win by one. Combined with the sweeps of the other three division series, 2009 became the first year since the implementation of the wild card in 1995 that all four championship series berths were clinched on the road. Wow. So you, you like a little deep stats. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. I did not know that. I love deep sluts and good deep sets. <laughs> Do you know in 2009 who they played in the NLCS? What in 2009? Yeah, you uh, should you should really know this. The Dodgers. The Dodgers. Do you know who the number one seed was in 2009 in the NL? The Dodgers. The Dodgers. So there, yeah, there you go. You guys put my team out, so you're uh, enjoying me suffering. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you get a little payback here. All right, Gertrude, hold on to your fucking panties. Here we go. (laughs) The Dodgers were the NL's number one seed. So the Phillies had to travel to Shaz Ravine for the opener of the NLCS. This was the fifth postseason meeting between the Dodgers and the Phillies. They got a history there, yeah. James Loney opened the scoring for the Dodgers with a solo home run in the bottom of the second. But the Phillies answered back with a five-run fifth inning, uh, chasing starter Clayton Kershaw. Manny Ramirez's two-run home run in the bottom of the inning made the score 5-4, to four, but Raul Abanez followed with a three-run home run in the top of the eighth. Brad Lidge, appearing in his third consecutive postseason game, notched his third consecutive save. Pedro Martinez started the second game for the Phillies, throwing seven scoreless innings on 87 pitches. After his departure from the game, the Phillies would go on to use five bullpen pitchers to get three outs in the eighth inning. Those pitchers allowed three hits and two walks, allowing two runs to score. Jonathan Broxton saved the game for the Dodgers as L.A. won 2-1. The series would go back to Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia for game three. It was there that the Phillies would capitalize on their home crowd immediately, scoring four runs in the first inning of the game. Cliff Lee continued his superb postseason performance with eight innings of shutout ball, allowing three singles and a stolen base. Lee and his battery mate, Ruiz, had a higher offensive production in game three. Three hits and six at-bats, three runs scored, one run batted in, then the entire Dodger lineup, three hits and 27 at-bats, but no runs scored. The Phillies would go on to win the game. Are you ready for this? Yes. 11 to nothing. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at your Dodgers. Yeah. They're probably getting beat right now, too. You got to check the score of that. We could give live up. Well, I mean, it ain't going to be live. This shit's going to go posted tonight after 2 o'clock in the morning anyways. I guess I could look at, look at what's going on here. I don't know if you want to look, son. I don't know if I do either. What? Tap always. What tap are you tapping? Always, huh? yeah. what oh, my God. I don't know where to find I'm it. I'm getting you a new phone, dude. I need one. You need it to do your part of this, do your work on this podcast. You need a new phone, son. Yeah, I do. He's got nice equipment, though. I bought him a set of headphones. Yes, I do have nice headphones. I mean, that's for uh, when we do remote recordings. Yeah. I see. I don't even know what to look for here. Ah, fuck it. We'll find it later. 
Don't you got the MLB app on your phone? No, I don't. I I did have, but I. You dummy. I know. Oh well. Okay, so game four, uh, Ryan Howard continued to uh, do Ryan Howard things. Hit a two-run home run off former Philly Randy Wolf in the first inning. Uh, with the RBI, he tied Lou Gehrig's major league record of eight consecutive postseason games with an RBI. The Dodgers came back to score two runs on a defensive miscue in the fourth inning, added one run in the fifth on a guy that we haven't talked about ever, and he was one of my favorite players a decade ago. Big Dodger. Bearded, ears pierced, skinny, tall, fucking cocky badass. Um. Matt. Lost me out. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kemp had a home run, and then he had one in the sixth on a Casey Blake single. He was kind of a bust, though, wasn't he? I don't know if i call him a bust. The Phillies got one back in the bottom of the sixth on a Victorino triple and a single by Utley, but they were held scoreless till the bottom of the ninth. L.A. closer Broxton entered the game in the bottom of the eighth, and after George Sherrill allowed two runners to reach base, he uh, got Jason Worth to fly out. Bronxton returned to the mound in the bottom of the ninth, inducing a ground ball from Raul Banez before walking Matt Stairs and hitting Carlos Ruiz. Greg Dobbs pinch hit for the pitcher spot, lining out to third base, and with two outs and two runners aboard, Jimmy Rollins hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball to the right center field gap, allowing Bruntland to score and Ruiz. In the fifth game, the Phillies hit four home runs, two by Jason Worth, as Cole Hamels would allow three runs in his second start of the series. The Phillies bullpen. Looks dreaming. Is he? Yeah. The Phillies bullpen pitched four and two thirds innings in the game, allowing only one run as Philadelphia defeated LA 10 to 4. The win clinched the Phillies' first consecutive National League pennants in franchise history and the first back-to-back World Series appearances by a National League since the Braves did it in 95 and 96. Ryan Howard would go on to be named MVP of the National League Championship Series. Ryan so there Howard, we go. So Howard was a beast, man. Here we are up to fall classic time. So before, before we get to that, I got some, uh, some research, some articles from 2009. You know me here oh, lately. Yeah. I've been wanting to include what was being wrote at the right, time. Right, right, yeah. So on February 18, 2009, Doug Donfrino for Bleacher Report wrote an article and would state the following. The Philadelphia Phillies are indeed the world champions of baseball. The question now is, can they do it again, and are they good enough to repeat? If you ask each of the players to man-to-man, they will crack a smile, turn to the right, and tell you it's only February and spring training just begun. I, however, for one, to believe they will win a consecutive World Series championship. The Phillies have all of their bullets in the holster again for 2009, aside from Pat Burrell leaving to go to Tampa Bay. The only true change to their lineup will come in the name of Raul Banez, who is one of the most consistent players in baseball history over the last decade. The Phillies are the most complete and well-balanced team in baseball, serving up two NL League MVPs, a World Series MVP, and a host of team-oriented guys who will fill their roles like puzzle pieces within the larger framework of the roster. In order to win consecutive world championships in any professional sport, there are 
three ingredients that come to mind. Having your core players stay healthy over the season, a strong orientation built on selfless chemistry, and a stable talent base that can stay together and want to be together for the long haul. And the Phillies have every one of these in place to win for several more seasons. Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamels, and Brad Lidge form one of the strongest foundations in baseball with role players who can vie for being the stars as well in Jason Worth, Greg Dobbs, Shane Victorino, Ryan Madison, J.B. Durbin, and others. The old saying applies, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. What has been most impressive are the intangibles, the clutch hitting, the mental toughness, the locker room stability, the team chemistry, and strong leadership. There are talented teams in both leagues that have those tangibles, but few have the collective intangibles that have enabled the Phillies to rise to the pinnacle of the sport. As we look ahead to 2009, and every team holds out hope that this is your year, but if I am a betting man, and I am not, I may want to hold steadfast to the team that just celebrated a world championship in October of 2008. So I put that in there because this is what I want to talk about. He made some valid points. And if I take myself back to spring of 2009, I was 21 years old. I would have turned 22 that summer. Sports was life. I didn't have no kids. I didn't have no marriage. I didn't have nothing. I remember vividly people around the sports, sports world banking on a repeat. And how could they not at least expect the Phillies to make right. it back to the right. fall classic at least, if not win it? So... That brings me to another article that I'm going to share. So, and you like me doing this, right? Oh, yeah. So, on October 5th, 2009, a month before the World Season, the World Series ended, uh, the Phillies fan site, The Good Fight, uh, staff writer DJ would write the following Here are three reasons why the Phillies will raise a second straight World Championship banner, followed by three reasons they won't. So, I'm going to give you the three reasons why they will, and then after we conclude the World Series thing, I'll give you the three reasons yeah, okay. why they won't. Right on. So basically, the three reasons he thought a month before the season ended that they were going to win was aces up. In terms of talent and pedigree, none of the other seven playoff clubs can match the front of the rotation duo of Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels, and that's true. That's true, yeah. Uh, the pitching rotation, ironically, uh, and this isn't his notes, this is me stepping out saying this, the rotation would only get better the next year with the addition of Holiday. Uh, of course, Cliff Lee would leave, right? but then Cliff Lee would come back. right? But uh, anyways, uh, so he's just talking about the pitching staff. I don't want to read all this because this was a big paragraph. But basically, he's just talking about the pitching rotation and the entire pitching staff, the entire bullpen. It's probably the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah, I'd say at the time it definitely was. So the second reason he listed, uh, it, it just says grinding for glory. This is about how the team. Um, you're, you're, yeah, you're Shane Victorino. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Basically, Jimmy Rollins. You're. Yep. The last one, though, um, I am going to read, and just because this is fun and this speaks to what we always talk about, you can't bet against experience. The third reason said, "Been here, done this." Yeah, experience can be overrated in baseball, uh, and there's no guarantee of future result. The Braves had ten straight postseason appearances after their '95 World Championship without another parade to show for it. But with these Phillies team, 
you know there won't be any panic, and you get the strong sense that this is a team that not only expects to win, but has been waiting for October pretty much since July when they took control of the NL East. Confidence does help. This team has plenty, much as any team in baseball since the last true dynasty, the 1996-2000 to 2000 New York Yankees. So, so, uh, but this is what I meant. Um, we'll get to the reasons why they won't, which is funny because they didn't win later on. Uh, not, real, not really funny. Yeah, but on, on the same hand, before the 2009 season began, uh, here's what the Yankees fans were saying. Okay. Right on. They're not saying nothing. Not saying nothing. You know why? Why is that? Because it's the Yankees. Well, yeah. The Yankees they expect, do. They expected it. Yeah. The Yankees do Yankees things. Yes. They they win and they make the postseason and that's it. Who cares that they miss the playoffs for the first time they, in 15 yeah, they, years? They get timely. They have great yeah. pitching. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's Yankees yeah. do Yankee things. Yankee things. That's about right. That's the best way I could word that. So, the 2009 World Series was the 105th World Series. Uh, the Yankees defeated the Phillies 4-2, to uh, winning their 27th championship, which we're going to go into a game-by-game breakdown because Kurt likes doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, it was fun. I mean, we've did it in every World Series episode so yeah, far, yeah. so... Uh, the series was played between October 28th and no- November 4th, broadcast on Fox. And uh, I got the ratings for this later. We'll get into that. Uh, roughly 20 million viewers. It's a lot of it's a lot of TV time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was the first World Series regularly scheduled to be played in the month of November and ended on November 4th, which to date remains the latest calendar date in which a World Series has been played. Uh, the two franchises met in the 1950 World Series. Wow. Okay. Obviously, we know who won that because the Phillies didn't win their first right. World Series till 1980. So they met each other before, which, I mean, don't mean shit in the scheme of things. But yeah. uh, let's see. Um, and as a result of the loss, the Phillies became the first team since the 2001 Yankees to lose the World Series after winning it the previous year. Uh-huh. So, um, damn Yankees! Damn Yankees! Uh, the Yankees would secure their World Series championship with a Game Six victory when Matsui would hit his third home run. Uh, he was named MVP of the series. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I got here before we get to Game One. Um, Matsui would only start three games that were the. Th- yeah, put the uh, lefty yeah. lefty deal going there. Since the DH position is not used in NL ballparks. Okay, All right. Several records were tied, extended, or broken during this World Series, including team championship, the Yankees with 27, career postseason wins, Andy Pettit with 18, career World Series saves by the greatest closer in baseball history, <laughs> Mariano Rivera with 11, home runs in a World Series, Chase Utley with five, strikeouts by a hitter in World Series, Ryan Howard, fucking, are you kidding me? With yeah, thirteen, he struggled, and RBIs in a single World Series game. Matsui was six. Yeah, I forgot about Ryan. He he did struggle at that. Oh series. yeah, he did. I was screaming at the TV yeah, every night, like, and, "What the fuck are you doing, and, you clown?" Hadn't he struggled toward the latter part of the year? A little bit, a little but not bit. like not he was like, doing yeah, the World right, Series. Right, right. 
What? And he was just lighting it up before in the NLDS, like for and some, back got cold. For some reason, I thought he had a little bit of nagging injury of some sort too, but maybe not. So game one took place Wednesday, October twenty eighth, at the new Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Why this funny? Because Cliff Lee started against CC Sabathia. You know where these guys both came from? We talked about this at work last week. They were uh, both former teammates. Yeah, Cleveland Indians. Yep. Uh, so that game, uh, Philadelphia scored six runs off of nine hits. Uh, the Yankees would only score one run off of six hits. So uh, we're gonna, I guess, break down the games here, or somehow break it. Uh, at the time, first lady and second lady Michelle Obama and Jill Biden would escort former Yankee catcher and World Series veteran. To the mound. Do you know who? Uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Look at the big... uh, Yogi would throw out the ceremonial first pitch. Or, excuse me. No, he would not. (laughs) Yogi probably wouldn't be able to get it. The ceremonial first pitch was thrown out by a veteran of the Iraq War, which is cool. uh, We would support our troops. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Howard got the first hit of the World Series. He doubled in the first inning. Howard was stranded... In first, and the game was scoreless after two innings. The Phillies would score the first with a two-out home run by Utley in the top of the third. Through the first five innings, Philadelphia starting pitcher Cliff Lee allowed no runs and three hits, striking out seven Yankee batters. And then in the top of the sixth, Utley would come back and hit another home run. I do remember that. And I was jumping for fucking joy in my living room, folks, let me tell you. Uh, It'd give the Phillies a 2-0 lead. Uh, starting pitchers Lee and Sabathia continued to pitch until the top of the eighth when Sabathia would get pulled for Phil Hughes. Hughes walked the first two batters and was replaced by Damaso Marte. Marte got two quick outs and then was relieved by David Robertson, who would walk Jason Worth and then give up a two-run single to Rule Bañez. <clears throat> the Phillies would add two more runs in the ninth with an RBI by Shane Victorino and an RBI double by Howard. Lee finished with a complete game, allowing one unearned run on six hits and striking out ten batters. Didn't walk a single batter. His performance made history in quite a few ways. This was the fourth postseason start of his career. In all four starts, he went at least seven innings and gave up no more than one run. The only other starting pitcher in his postseason career with four such start was Christy Mathewson. Uh, he was also the first left-handed starter to beat the Yankees in a Bronx to open the World Series since. Fernando Valenzuela. No. no, close. Close. Another Dodger pitcher you always talk about. Shoot around. Come on, it's right there, son. Oh man, Co. Sandy Koufax. Koufax. Here I was thinking that happened yeah, in 1963. Okay. That was a dumb stat, but why not? You like deep slut. I mean, deep stats and good research, bro. <laughs> he was the first thanks. starting pitcher to throw a complete game without giving up an earned run against the Yankees in game one of postseason series. Another stupid stat. And he was the first pitcher ever to strike out at least 10, walk no one, and give up no runs. A stupid a stat because he's a, a Dodger, probably. <laughs> I didn't say that, dude. I didn't I, say that. Yeah. Okay, so you fanatic, Philadelphia fanatic. I feel like this episode. We're only at an hour in, and we're already on game two. Well, we yeah. need to fill time. You want to plug another sponsor? Yeah, let's plug another sponsor. Okay. 
Um, Glary Guitars, Kurt. Yep, yep. yep. I started Quality. writing. I started writing music a couple weeks ago again. Did you? I took a break all summer. Cool, man. I've been busy, man. We've had podcasts to do. Uh, so I, I started writing a little bit. And I, I got out the guitar the other night, tinkered around with it. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about them every episode. Glary Guitars. Check them out on Facebook or check them out at glarymusic.com. How did it sound? Like a three or four hundred dollar guitar. Yeah. Mine's loud. It's like yeah. a cannon, but they're not. You're not paying three or five or four or six hundred dollars for these guitars. You're paying roughly eighty bucks shipped, and it looks like a four or five hundred dollar guitar. It sounds, sounds like, like a four yeah. or five hundred dollar guitar, but it's affordable. And that's not the only thing they have. They have all sorts of stuff. They have basses. They have uh, fiddles or violins for you sophisticated types. Uh, <laughs> all kind of accessories and equipments. Electric guitars, amps. Uh, check them out. Glary is spelled G L A R R Y. Uh, it's glarymusic.com. They have a huge Facebook page, quick response time, or you can give them a phone call at 1-606-404-6286. Um, we're supposed to be doing a music episode yeah. for them, and, and they're going to send us the guitar and stuff, but I just ain't had time. Right. I still have to pay for it. We're not to the point where we can get free right, equipment right. yet, but I mean, I'm getting probably uh, a $200 package deal here for basically half off if not yeah, more that'd be a good deal uh but uh yeah check them out glarymusic.com glary guitars kurt loves mine i'm gonna yeah. get i might get him one one day <laughs> so i need an acoustic guitar i don't have one you don't have one i, I do I, I do but it's all busted up i know where you can get one cheap <clears throat> really well i shouldn't say cheap cheap's about affordable right affordable i can't even buy a vehicle right now how much did you pay for that car? 150 bucks. <laughs> but you know what? It fucking drives. It, well, it did. It, 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 it did. It ran for six months. It did. Yeah. Well, I can get my money back out of the scrap. But, you know. We need to go rob an armored truck. I've yeah. been saying that all night. Yeah, just, just go rob a bank, huh? Yeah. No, no worries. Go rob an armored truck. Throw the money out so you don't tell them you don't want the money. Yeah, you just, just want, want a tank. That, you yeah. just want a tank that don't die. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we'll make it. Okay. Game two. Thursday, October 29th, two thousand nine, Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. In the Bronx. AJ Burnett was pitching this one. Prior to this game. Just to take us back to 2009, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys performed Empire State of Mind for the Yankee Stadium crowd, which was a hit song. I still listen to it to this day. I heard it the other day. Uh, This game would mark the first postseason appearance of Pedro Martinez against the Yankees since... Fernando Valenzuela. No, since the 2004 (laughs) ALCS. Charlie? Lee Brand. For some reason, I got Fernando on the brain for some reason. Because I mentioned it in the kitchen uh, yeah, earlier tonight. Probably. You said something stupid, and I'm like, Fernando Venezuela. I just take it stupid. Yeah, I, I, I probably did. Anyways. Uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> it was just funny because he was a he was a longtime Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. And uh, he was part of the team's longstanding rivalry. It was also Martinez's second-ever World Series start. 
Uh, there was a lot of media interest in Martinez return to Yankee Stadium. As uh, he told reporters at a pregame press conference, when you have 60,000 people chanting your name waiting for you to throw the ball, you have to consider yourself someone special, someone that really has a purpose out there. Uh, they're probably chanting, you suck, but uh, I love yeah. Pedro. But, yeah. I mean, he was on the mound dueling against a guy that wasn't no slouch himself. Back then, A.J. Burnett wasn't no fucking no, slouch. A.J. Burnett was a pretty tough A.J. Burnett was one of my yeah, favorite pitchers. slider. Uh, we know where Pedro got his start at, right? Where? Wasn't he a Dodger? I believe he was a Dodger at one time. Yep. There's that great um, – Dodgers always have good pitching. You just try to work the Dodgers into everything. Yeah, I know. I bleed blue. Are you getting ready to smoke? Yes, it's a bad habit. Don't do it, kids. You already have one, too. Might have to pee, but I'm scared to go back there right now. We have company here. <laughs> All right, son. So. Game two. Game two. Uh, the Phillies scored first. Second game row. Raul Banez hit a ground real double. Kurt. Just because I like making you put in work since I put in some work. For the listeners that might not know, as you've done in previous World Series episodes, can you explain in layman's terms, dumbass terms, what a ground rule double is? Oh, a hit that bounces over the outfield wall. Yeah, so that would be a ground rule double. And base runners ahead of that, they get one base or two bases. I thought it was two bases. It's two bases, yeah. So let's say there's a runner on second, and a guy hits a ball in the gap and it hits the outfield and bounces over the, the fence that and runner would get to go home right but if you're on you say you'd be on first and you gotta do the same thing you'd have to stop at third, third. yeah i'm pretty sure it's two bases yeah, it's two i bases. don't think it's one yeah but i could be wrong yeah back in the day it, that, that rule come into play when because of the astral turf wasn't it i think it was i mean all the parks that had the astral turf in it at the time uh well, concrete and basically thin layer of fake grass. So the ball was. Yeah, I think that's where that rule came in to play at. I'm not sure. I think it was. I, I, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then they scored on a Matt Stairs RBI single off AJ Burnett in the second inning. So Matt, they're, Matt Stairs was a decent ball player. He was. Yes. Uh, Teixeira would tie the game with a home run in the fourth, and Hideki Matsui broke the tie in the sixth with another homer. There's that guy you like. Yeah, Hideki. Hey, man, I said it in yeah. episode two weeks ago. If if they gave MVPs in the league championship series to the losing team, the 2004 ALCS MVP would have been Hideki, Hideki Matsui for the losing New yeah. York Yankees. Uh I really think that series is what made him the yeah. player that he was. Yeah. I mean, anyways, uh, so Martinez would leave the game after giving up consecutive hits uh, to Jerry Harrison and Melky Cabrera to start the seventh. And reliever Chanho Park, who they had signed earlier in the off season, I didn't put that in there. Uh, Chanho Park gave up an RBI single to Jorge Posada. With Cabrera at second, Posada at first, Johnny Damon hit a low-line drive at Philly's first baseman, Ryan Howard. Howard would grab the ball and throw to second, where Posada was tagged and called out while standing on the base. First base umpire Brian Gorman ruled that Howard had caught the ball in the air, thus the result was an inning-ending double play. 
and I remember this vividly, and I don't remember if you remember watching Game uh, Two of the Two. Uh, Joe Girardi and Posada were pissed, screaming, protesting. It's uh, a wonder, you know, these guys didn't uh, get ejected. Yeah, <clears throat> I uh, do remember a little bit about they that. They claimed the batted ball hit the ground before being caught, but the umpires did not reverse the decision. What did they? ESPN re- reported that Gorman blew the call. This was the first of two calls made by Gorman in Game Two that was heavily criticized. Boy, I hate to be an umpire in the World Series. Golly! Shout out Don Dinkinger. Yeah, yeah, poor Don. Eighty-five World yeah. Series. You remember that clip that we played? Yeah. You remember what Al Michaels said? Oh. Uh, the American League umpire or yeah, was or yeah, the yeah. National League um, Dinkinger. Yeah, the American League yeah, umpire. Yeah. 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 They were. They were. Tell me, there was no favoritism between leagues <laughs> yeah, in Major League Baseball sure. in the '80s. Yeah, for sure. That was the first thing. The American League umpire Dinkinger. Yeah, he pointed it out right away. <clears throat> for those of you check out our 1985 World Series episode in the archives, uh, Dinkinger received death threats for years. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, Burnett would leave the game after seven innings, gave up only one run. He was replaced by the greatest closer in baseball <laughs> history, Mariano Rivera. I'm seriously good. Oh well, yeah. You remember yeah. when I used? Remember yeah. the whole time I did the Charlie Libra, and I point yeah. to you, yeah. and that yeah. kind of become yeah. our shtick. Yeah. Every time Rivera's name comes up, I'm going to say the greatest well, close. Okay. Deservingly so. Yeah. Uh, but he came in in the eighth inning with one out in the eighth. The Phillies put two runners on to walk with a walk to Rollins and a single by Victorino. Uh, however, Chase Utley grounded into an ending ending double play, ending on a close play at first. The play was the second disputed call oh, made no. by Gorman in Game 2. Gorman himself later admitted he missed this call, saying on a freeze frame, quote, on a freeze frame, it looks like there's a little bit of ball outside to share his glove when Utley hits the bag. Ultimately, Rivera threw 39 pitches and got six outs for his 38th postseason save, his 10th in World Series play, and A.J. Burnett would earn the win in Game 2. Uh and I'd go to work Friday morning. Uh, there's a, a good friend of mine that passed away about nine years ago. He used to date my aunt. Uh, he was a big-time Washington Redskins fan. Yes, I said that. He was a big-time Washington Redskins fan. He was a huge New York Yankees fan. And uh, that was when I was working at OFS. Uh, Styline Plant 9. We did the custom-in furniture, the high-dollar stuff. Uh my uh, area was right by his. I used to look around the corner and the whole just just razzing each other. And he walked in with the biggest smile on his face Friday morning. Goes, "Hey, buddy, how?" I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> I said, "You got the umpires in your back pocket, don't you?" Anyways, let's think about that for a second, though. That would be a difficult if you're out of position at all. As an umpire there at first base, pretty tough to see both the ball and the runner, I think. Are you trying to tell me that you think in all professional sports, one of the top five toughest jobs is being an umpire in baseball? I would have to say yes. Really? Yeah. I wonder how many many umpires have actually got death threats in their life. Oh, I'd say many. But uh, that. There's a lot of things going on sometimes in a play at, at a base or what have you. I don't. All right. You want to go to game three? Let's go to game three. 
So we're going to Philadelphia. One one. One one. Saturday, October thirty first, Halloween, mm-hmm. two thousand and nine. And you got to think Philadelphia feels pretty good about themselves. I forgot to put the fucking box score in for the second game. I mean, uh, let me go back up here real quick. Going to Yankee Stadium and winning one out of two—that's, uh, yeah. words, that'd be a success, wouldn't it? Yeah. So since I blew the uh, blew the call there, uh, the box score for game two, uh, Philadelphia would lose three to one. They got one run off of six hits. Uh, the Yankees would have three runs off of eight hits. So and Ryan Howard goes cold. I think. Fuck you, Kurt. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to fire you and find a new co-host. <laughs> so game three, we've established. This is uh, Saturday, October 31st, Halloween. Uh, new York would win 8-5. to five. The Yankees would score eight hits off of eight runs. Or, damn it, I said that right. Eight runs off of eight hits. Uh, Philadelphia would score five runs off of six hits. And we got another great duel right here. Uh, Andy Pettit on the mound against a young Cole Hamels. Uh, this game, uh, I forgot about this until I put my uh, did my research this morning. Uh, that game was delayed an hour and a half due to rain. Uh, is that my phone or your phone? Jesus your, Christ! Somebody blowing you up? Yeah, she just she you know. Well, yeah. That's not really a she. It was it was uh, MLB. Sure. No, it was. So what's the score? I could find it on my phone. They're going wild in Atlanta as Eddie Rosario's three-run dinger puts the Braves up four to one. His 14th NLCS hit ties a postseason record. Uh, that guy can rake. So while we were watching my Predators play earlier when I got here, just uh, an update. Uh, this is the only Predators game. I, well, I take it back. I missed the game at work the other night, but four-two uh, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Jets won six to four. Ooh, the Winnipeg Jets. They're they're on the road playing in Winnipeg, Canada tonight. And they have to go on the road tomorrow night to Minnesota to play against the Sounds Wild. Like you need a new goalie. They've got a good. Okay, so getting off the base. Sorry, folks. Kurt's got me going, and you guys <laughs> that have my personal Facebook, you see me post about hockey. Uh, I really fell in love with hockey about five years ago. Like I'd always kind of watched it a little bit, got right. into it about right. ten years ago. But five years ago, it really, really hit me hard. About the season before the Preds went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Against yeah. Kurt's pins. Pant, Fuck yeah. you. That's an episode, by the way. But uh, about a season before. Anyways, uh, so we were talking about hockey. The, and, and, you know, uh, when I think of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. quarterback for the yeah. Packers, I think about Brett Favre. Yeah. He understudied from Brett right. for three years. Right. right. Okay. Uh, Soros, their goalie, uh, understudied for three or four seasons uh, under Pecca, Pecca Rene. Rene. Okay. Rene was one of the greatest goalies in league history. Yeah, pretty I, good. Yeah, so, and Pecca retired at the end of last season, so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, man, I tell you what, we can't talk about hockey, Kurt, or we'll be, right. we'll, we'll be stuck here for 30 more minutes just talking hockey. Yeah, I know. Hockey's the greatest sport that the majority of this country is not watching. Yes. Because uh, nobody, nobody likes soccer. Yeah, Boo. I mean that's not true. Like, the whole world loves soccer. But I, I, I could care less about. Yeah, it. We do. Uh, anyways, uh, at this time in 2009, the television show Glee soccer. Glee was really big. So, uh, and the one of the lead characters from Glee, Amber Riley, uh, she performed the national anthem as part of the ceremony. And I'm just putting this in here because 
This was really cool when I watched it. Uh, a large American flag and several members of the armed services, and they had a huge flyover, and it was cool and just a real because me and Kurt always support the troops. Oh, yeah. uh, shout out Absolutely. for every member of the armed forces in this country. We appreciate you guys doing your shit. Allows us to be yeah. two idiots talking yes. sports. Absolutely, tits. yep. <laughs> so uh, the Phillies would score first with uh, the beautiful bearded bastard Jason Wirtz leadoff home run, which was followed by a bases-loaded walk and a sacrifice fly to make the score 3-0 in the bottom of the second inning. Following Mark Teixeira's walk on the top of the fourth, A-Rod would hit a deep ball down the right field line. It was originally ruled a double, so Teixeira held at third base. The play was reviewed using MLB Instant Replay, which revealed the ball had struck a camera sticking over the top of the wall. So then the ball was ruled a two-run home run, giving yeah. Rodriguez his first World Series hit. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Either. Yeah. Holy crap. This was the first home run reviewed by instant replay in postseason play. Specifically, the ball hit a camera owned by Fox and the MLB, which extended slightly over the right field wall. The camera was moved back for game four, such that its lens was in line with the wall. Coincidentally, a-Rod also had the first regular season home run reviewed by replay. So, Wow. That's deep stats, folks. Deep stats. Oh, you like them when I find them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't ever specifically go yeah, searching for random, but I, I just find them through the course of I my mean, study. I mean, I'd forgotten all about that hitting a camera until you, you, you remember mentioned that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Were you still been married in 09? No. I've been divorced for... Were you right here in this same kitchen right here in yeah. 09? Well, no, I've been down to the other place. Down to the other place? No. We ain't going to talk about that. No. That pisses me off. We ain't going to talk about that. You and me both, but anyway. Swisher would open the top of the fifth inning with a double and scored on a single to center field by Andy Pettit. This was Pettit's first career postseason RBI. Wow. And the first RBI by a Yankees pitcher in a World Series since, deep stat, Jim Bunton in 1964. Wow. Jeter followed Pettit with another single. And both runners scored on a two-run double by Mr. Johnny Damon. Cole Hamels would then walk to Shara and would get relieved by J.A. Happ. Happ closed out the fifth without allowing further damage, but Swisher added to the Yankees' lead with a home run off of him in the sixth. Worth would hit his second home run of the game, leading off the bottom of the sixth to close the Yankees' lead 6-4. to four becoming the second Phillies player to hit multiple home runs in this World Series. Chad Durbin would then relieve Hap in the top of the seventh. He walked Johnny Damon, who then stole second base. A-Rod was then hit by a pitch, and Damon scored on a single by Jorge Posada. Chamberlain then relieved Pettit in the bottom of the seventh and retired the side in order. Brett Myers retired the first two batters in the top of the eighth, but then Hideki Matsui... Uh Then hit a home run, pinch hitting for Chamberlain. Phil Hughes pitched a third of an inning in the bottom of the ninth and allowed a solo home run to Carlos Ruiz. That was a catcher. Yep. Before being relieved by the greatest closer in baseball history, Mariano Rivera. Rivera closed out the game throwing just five pitches to record the final two outs. This game was Pettit's 17th career postseason win, extending his MLB record. Impressive. So now we're up two games to one, the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. So game four. What are you feeling about right now? 
if I go back to where I'm at, and some things I can remember, some things I You're don't. You're thinking that camera deal re- was bad deal. I'm remember. I'm remembering. Uh, so it's Sunday, November first. We're going in game four at Citizens Bank Park. So last night, the night before, was a heartbreak. So I'm waking up that morning after being young and being out drinking and watching the game and da 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 da. I'm sitting there thinking, uh, okay, we're down two games to one. All right. But it's game four. All right. We're at home. Um, I'm hey, not worried. Who you got on the mound? Uh, I wanted to say it was uh, Hamels. No, I don't think it was Hamels. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I put it in my notes somewhere. What? I want to say Moyer started a World Series, but I don't think that was right. Crafty veteran. I don't. I don't remember. I'm trying to look. Did I put it in my notes? Who started Game Three? Well, Game Three would have been uh, our Game Four. Hang on, I got to pee. All right. Okay, we're back. So it would have been <coughs> Java Chamberlain, I think, or maybe CC. It was CC Sabathia. It had been Sabathia and it had been Joe Blanton, I guess. Okay. So, uh, this game is memorable because prior to the start of the game, Jeter and Pujols were both named the winners of the 2009 Hank Aaron Award. This, uh, and this is also for significant for another reason. Drop that in already. Party foul, son. Yes. Shout out R.J. Reynolds Tobacco. Send me a free carton of cigarettes. Firing up another lucky strike. You're going to make me want to Philip Morris, damn it. Phil- 501 a pack, but if I get them at Huck's and Jasper or Honeyburg, they're 480 a pack. That's not bad. And they're not a bad taste Dad, t- Dad took one and goes, these fucking suck. I'm like, well, didn't they suck 50, 60 years ago when you were 30? <laughs> Anyways... Uh, Anyways, this was the first game to test uh, Joe Girardi. He just uh, decision here. He decided to use a three-man starting rotation, and CC Sabathia would start the game for the Yankees on three days rest, a shorter period than he normally got during the regular season. Oh, and I fucked up again. Uh, box score. Maybe I should start doing the box score at the end of the game, but I put it at the top of the game before I put the notes. But uh. New York would win this game seven to four. They scored seven runs off of nine hits, while the Yank, uh, while Philadelphia would score uh, four runs off of eight hits. So uh, both teams with an error in this game. Uh, but I digress. Here we go. Kurt's breaking my heart. Uh, <laughs> Jeter led the game off with a single and advanced to third base on a double by Damon. Jeter scored. Then off of a Teixeira ground out, and A-Rob was hit by a pitch. Rodriguez was hit twice the night before, and the umpires would then uh, yeah, issue I warnings to both benches. I remember that clear yeah. as day. Sunday Did night. Did they hit him on purpose? I think so. I think so, too. The The whole camera deal, I mean, it left it. I don't know. It just left Well, as, as we'll get to later in my notes, I forgot about this. Uh I think there was another reason he was getting beaned, too. We'll get to this later in the episode, but uh, this was the year where prior to the start of the season, he came out admitting that he was popping roids yeah, in Texas. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, anyways, uh, Jorge Posada would then add the Yankees, then added to the Yankees' lead that inning with a sacrifice fly, but the Phillies would come back quick, uh, scoring on a run by successive doubles, or scoring, damn it, scoring a run on successive doubles by Victorino and Chase Utley in the bottom of the first. Sabathia would then intentionally walk Worth, but escape the inning without further scoring. The Phillies would tie the game in the bottom of the fourth as Ryan Howard singled, stole second, and scored on a single by Pedro Feliz. Third baseman. Yep. And although the run counted, instant replay of Howard's slide showed that he did not touch home plate. Oh, no. You know what I was just thinking? I'm talking a lot about instant replay here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to do an episode. Well, episode on, on when it, yeah. not not instant replay in any sport, but instant replay in baseball, yeah. especially. Yeah. Okay. Um, as Sabathia threw to second base, Mike Everett singled that Howard was safe due to the attempted play on Feliz. Sabathia then pitched to Carlos Ruiz as part of an intentional walk, therefore losing the right to appeal that Howard missed home. Swisher would walk to lead off the fifth inning, advancing to second on a Melky Cabrera single. And then I can remember uh, this clearly. Swisher would restore the lead, scoring on a single by Jeter. And then Cabrera would add on it, scoring a run on a Damon single. And then Brett Gardner would replace Cabrera in center field as a defensive substitution in the bottom of the sixth inning after Cabrera left the game with a hamstring. I can remember that clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chanho Park would come in and relieve Joe Blanton in the seventh and held the Yankees scoreless in that inning. Utley would hit his third home run of the series in the bottom of the seventh with two outs, bringing the game to four to three. And then Damaso Marte relieved Sabathia and got the final out of the seventh without further scoring. Ryan Madsen would then relieve Park in the eighth and allow a walk and a single, but held the Yankees scoreless. And then Jabba Chamberlain would replace Marte in the bottom of the inning. He struck out the first two batters he faced, but then allowed a game-tying home run to Feliz before closing the inning. So then here we go, coming into the ninth. Brad Lidge would come in, popping out Matsui, striking out Jeter before surrendering a two-out single to Damon after a nine-pitch at bat with two strikes and four foul balls. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, then with two strike hitter, there. yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's a good two strike hitter. Then with Teixeira batting, Damon stole second <laughs> on the same play, also stole third base as the base was uncovered due to a defensive yeah. shift against Teixeira. So, <laughs> what's funny about this is several news outlets would refer to this as a mad dash, which Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post would compare to Enos Slaughter's mad dash in the '46 World Series. Oh, dang. Some believe that Damon's play caused Lidge to avoid, to avoid throwing his best plit, pitch, which, yeah. do you remember Brad Lidge yeah, he as throw, a closer? He could throw hard. Threw a badass lights out yeah. slider. Yeah. So he didn't, he, and it, it would have like a. It hung on him. A lot of movement. Yes. Downward movement. Right. And he wouldn't throw it because it got him off kilter. So for the rest of the inning, <laughs> as it risked a wild pitch, that would have allowed Damon to score from third, so he didn't throw it. Teixeira was then hit by a pitch, and Rodriguez put the Yankees ahead with a double, scoring Damon. Posada then added to that lead with a single that scored Teixeira and Rodriguez, but was thrown out a second to end the inning. 
the greatest closer in baseball uh, history, Mariano Rivera, entered the bottom of the ninth and saved the game for the Yankees on eight pitches for a second save of the series. So So now we're up three games to one. one. And I bet you're feeling pretty rough at this point. So this is Sunday night. I'm going to bed. I know I got to go in and see that cocksucking friend of mine. Rest in peace, Ken. Rest in peace, brother. I love you and miss you. And listen, eat shit from him on a Monday morning, which Mondays suck anyways. And he's like, what's going on? Because we were trash talking, man. As soon as postseason baseball started, I said, my Phillies are going back to the World Series. He said, yeah, they're going to beat my Yankees. I said, there's no way your Yankees are going to beat the Angels. Right. And here we go. So then I know I'm going back. To work Monday morning to see right. them. They're up 3-1. But then we go to game five Monday night. So all late long we were talking shit. He goes, you guys don't win tonight. It's over. I said, no shit, Sherlock. You're up 3-1. to one. Of course if we don't win, it's over. You just worry about you. You worry about me. Well, you ain't worried. You're worried, aren't you? I said, no, I'm not worried. So game five, Monday, November 2nd, Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. Uh... Philadelphia would win 8-6. to six. The Yankees would score six runs off of ten hits. But Philadelphia would score eight runs off of nine hits. No errors committed. And this was the game him and I were really, you know, rest in peace, buddy. But this is the game him and I were back about because we had Cliff Lee back on the mound. Okay. Going against A.J. Burnett. Right. So, good stuff. It's that. Phil, it's at Yankee Stadium. No, it's in Philly. It's in Philly. But before that, that's right. Might as well get another one out here, bro. Oh yeah. So this one, Kurt. Oh, scroll down here. Check out Main Street Designs LLC. It's a local company here in Dubois County, but they ship all over ship all over the United States. Uh, they're a family-owned business, which is always great. Uh, they specialize in laser engraving and direct garment printing. They offer vinyl decals, baby blankets, and other personalized items for your business. They've offered to make us a logo. So I need to get with them about yeah. that. I say that every episode. I still not. But uh, they're great people, very friendly people. Uh, yeah, they do really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've know. showed Kurt some of their stuff. Uh, yeah. they, they, they do some badass tumblers. Impressive. Uh, decals, window decals for your vehicles. Uh, their baby blankets are beautiful. Their shirts, top notch. Uh, give these guys a call at 812-661-7765 or 812-661-7488 or message them on Facebook. Again, that's Main Street Designs, LLC uh, here in Jasper, Indiana. So, Right on. Right on. You ready to roll? Yep. So here we go. This is game five. Win or go home. Which we won. Um, we are in Philadelphia. Juju Smith. <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, Alanis Morissette, which I love, by the way. Yeah, not bad. I grew up in the I mean, best. I, I, I was born in 87, so I consider myself a child of the 90s. I would have been three in 1990. Right. I grew up in the best decade. The 90s had the best music, hands down. Alanis Morissette. Jagged Little Pill, uh, hand in my pocket, you know. Green Day would have been bigger in there, too, I guess. So, uh, Alanis sang the national anthem. Uh, before this game, the Yankees replaced Melky Cabrera on the roster with Ramiro Pena due to his hamstring injury. 
while Brett Gardner took Cabrera's place in center field. A.J. Burnett, the Yankees game two starter, started game five on three days rest. One day less than Phillies pitcher Cliff Lee. But the Yankees drew first blood. I always think of Rambo. They yeah, drew first, first blood. blood. Not me. I didn't start this. Yeah. You started. I can't do it now. <laughs> you did it. You did it a few episodes ago. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they they drew first blood. Johnny Damon reached base on a single, and then scoring on a two out double by A Rod. The Phillies would respond in the bottom of the first with a single by Rollins. Shane Victorico. Re- Shane Victor. I get too. I go too fast. Yeah, I get, uh, yeah. Well, I get excited. That, that's you know? cool, dude. Hey, passion, bro. Uh, Shane Victorino reached base after being hit by a pitch. And then finally, a three-run homer by Chase Utley to take the lead. Chase Utley tearing it up during that series. You like Utley because he went to the Dodgers, but Utley was my boy. I liked Utley, just period. I mean, I thought he was a solid solid ball player. I'm confident in my sexuality when I say this. Chase Utley was a beautiful man. He had a beautiful swing. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot. Uh, Maybe maybe I'm the idiot. He could rake, man. I, I... and defensively, he was sound too. Huh? Pretty good, uh, pretty good ball player. So, and yes, he did go to the Dodgers. The Phillies would add to their lead in the third inning with Utley and Ryan Howard drawing walks, followed by RBI singles by Jason Worth and Raul Abanez. Abanez paying dividends here, you know. Oh yeah, he was a good pickup. With no outs in the inning, Burnett was relieved by David Robertson, who allowed another run to score on a Carlos Ruiz ground out. Robertson would hold the Phillies scoreless for the second inning in the fourth. For a second inning in the fourth. What the fuck? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jorge Posada entered as a pinch hitter for the fifth inning for Jose Molina and grounded out. Eric Hinsky then pinch hit for Robertson and walked, advanced to third on a Jeter single, and then scored on a ground out by Johnny Damon. Uh... Yankees put a new pitcher in in the bottom of the fifth, Alfredo Aceves. The first batter he faced, Jason Worth, hit a deep drive to center field but was caught by Brett Gardner, who collided with the outfield wall. Now that I say that, I can remember that. Yes. I've seen that in my mind. Uh, Aceves completed the inning with a, without a run score and allowing ground outs from Royal Banez and Carlos Ruiz. And then Phil Coke would relieve him in the seventh and allow two Phillies players to tie World Series records. First, Utley would tie Reggie Jackson's record for most home runs in a World Series with his fifth. And then Coke struck out Howard, Howard's 12th strikeout in the series, tying Willie Wilson's record for most strikeouts in a World Series. Yeah, 1980. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That just broke my heart. Howard just, Howard hey, was I light. He, he, he lit up uh, in the NLCS. Well, in 08, he had. And then just went cold in the yeah, World I don't Series. Get it. And, you know, after that, you didn't hear much from him after that. And then Coke would be driven out of the game after allowing a home run, this time to Abanez, and he would be relieved by Phil Hughes. Victorino was replaced defensively in the eighth inning by Ben Francisco. Lee was driven from the game after allowing a single to Damon, followed by a double to Mark Teixeira, and then a double by Rodriguez that scored both runners. Chanho Park would come in and induce the ground out from Swisher, who advanced Rodriguez to third base. Rodriguez scored on a sacrifice fly by Robinson Cano. So then Ryan Madsen entered the ninth to close out the game, allowing a double to Posada and a single to Hideki Matsui without recording an out. 
Batting with both men on first and third, Jeter grounded into a double play that allowed Posada to score, but emptying the bases. Damon would single to bring Teixeira to bat as a potential tie and run, but Madsen would strike him out with his first World Series save. Members of the news media, such as Gene Wineski, was critical of the three-man starting rotation following Game 3 and said that Burnett's poor performance was caused by insufficient rest between starts. However, Burnett had been successful up to this point in such situations, going 4-0 with a 2.33 ERA and four career starts on short rest, less than the normal four days between starts before this game. So here we are. So 3-2, to two, right. heading into game six. It's so, a little better. Two-day rest, a little better. I still know we have to win this game right, right. or it's over, but I'm feeling confident. <laughs> right. So it's Wednesday, November 4th, 2009. We're in the Bronx. And unfortunately, Philadelphia would lose this game 3-7. to seven. They managed six hits, only three runs, while the Yankees would manage uh, seven runs on eight hits. Um, <clears throat> this was the first game six in a World Series in about – Six years since the 03 World Series where the Yankees would lose to Josh Beckett and the Florida Marlins. Or the, yeah. Yeah, Florida Marlins. Marlins, yeah. Not the Rays. Was it the Rays? No, it was Marlins. It was Marlins. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mary J. Blige, R&B singer who lived in the Bronx, would perform the national anthem. Andy Pettit would start on three days rest, the third straight game in which the Yankees would place a guy on the mound on short rest. The Phillies would start Pedro Martinez, who called himself an opposing pitcher, Andy Pettit, quote, old goats. And Pedro would acknowledge that even though Red Sox fans were rooting for him, I know that they don't like the Yankees to win, not even in Nintendo games. (laughs) The Yankees would draw first blood here, Kurt. Uh, A-Rod. Boo. Yeah, boo. I lost my place. The Yankees scored first with an A-Rod walk opening the bottom of the second inning, followed by a two-run home run by D.H. Hideki Matsui. The Phillies quickly responded with a triple by Carlos Ruiz, who then scored on a sacrifice fly from Jimmy Rollins in the top of the third. Matsui would answer back, adding to the Yankees' leading in with a single with the bases loaded in the bottom of the third, scoring Jeter and Damon. Damon was injured running the bases while scoring and was replaced defensively in the top of the fourth by Jerry Hairston. Philly starter Pedro Martinez would be removed after allowing four runs in four innings, relieved in the fifth by Chad Durbin. Durbin allowed a ground rule double to Jeter, who was advanced to third on a sacrifice bump by Hairston and would score on a single by Mark Deshera. Durbin would then hit Rodriguez with a pitch. (laughs) <laughs> and was relieved by J.A. Happ after recording just one out. Happ allowed a two-run double to Matsui, his fifth and sixth RBI of the game, which tied a World Series record for most RBIs in a single game, set by Bobby Richardson in the nineteen sixty World Series. I don't. They wouldn't have plunked a run on purpose there, would we're you? Gonna, we're going to get that later. I got something to talk about. Um, hang on. I'm getting ahead. I'm just looking at my notes because I got something planned here. Uh, 
The Phillies made the game closer in the top of the six as Utley drew a walk and Ryan Howard followed him with a two-run home run. There we go. A little too late, Ryan, <clears throat> bringing the score to seven to three. After Rule Banez hit a double into right field, Jabba Chamberlain relieved Pettit and closed out the six without allowing the Phillies to <coughs> score. Chanho Park came in for Hap, ending any Yankees threat that inning. Chamberlain was relieved by Damaso Marte in the top of the seventh after allowing two base runners, but Marte struck out Utley to end the scoreless inning. After Park allowed a single to Rodriguez, Scott Erie replaced him. Erie allowed Rodriguez to steal second and intentionally walk Posada, but escaped the inning without allowing a run. So, uh, a lot of shit here. Um... Marte recorded one out, a strikeout of Howard in the top of the eighth inning. With Howard set a new record for most strikeouts by a hitter in a single series with a total of 13. Yeah, yeah, I'm not happy about that. He definitely wasn't seeing the ball right then. Um, After the out, Marte was relieved by the greatest closer in baseball history, Mariano Rivera, in a non-safe situation. Rivera allowed a double to Banez, but no runs in the eighth. After retiring the first two batters in the eighth, Erie gave way to Ryan Madsen, who had allowed a single to Jeter before ending the bottom of the eighth inning. Matt Stairs led off the ninth as a pinch hitter, but lined out. Ruiz worked a walk from Rivera, but successful outs by Rollins and Victorino ended the game 7-3, to clinch the World Series for the Yankees. Pettit added to his own record for most playoff wins, bringing his career total 18. to 18. So, uh, we don't own any of this content. Shout out to Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to play a clip here. Unfortunately, I don't know why I'm bringing myself to this torture. But, uh, Commercials. Yeah, here we go. Second baseman Cano. The Yankees are back on top. World champions for the 27th time. Dude. I don't know why the Dude. fuck I'm watching this. Why I'm playing this. I don't think we have the express written consent of Major League Baseball, but at least we're telling everybody we yeah, don't own this contract. Right. I really thought... I thought, really thought Philadelphia had a great chance to win back-to-back, you know? Yeah, no shit. So did I. There's Utley. He's pissed. Ryan Howard. He's pissed. I thought there was more from Joe Buck here, but I guess not. Just a whole bunch of celebration. Jason Ward. Yeah. All right, that's Who it. is Philly's manager? Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel. That makes me sick. We're going to turn it off. Well, if it's any consolation, you did put my Dodgers out that year. 
so uh i know we got a whole bunch of stuff to go about here and uh so we'll we'll do this uh so the yankees win the world series four games to two uh the phillies committed two errors in the world series they scored 27 runs off of 44 hits the yankees committed two errors they scored 32 runs off 49 hits uh, average attendance at every game was 48,000. Uh, the winning players' share, average share of the World Series was 350,000. Wow. While the losing players' share was about 265,000. Wow. Uh, total attendance around about 289,087 fans altogether. Um, so let's transition. The next thing in my notes says. Show stats from your phone. Okay. Okay. Because I can't crop this the way I want when I copy and paste this from baseball okay. reference. So I, I screenshot my phone here. So, oh, screenshots. Where's my screenshots? Right there with a picture of Adam Sweet on top. That picture was, he said it was about four years ago. That's our boss. Look how thin he is. Wow. <laughs> I sent that to him. He goes, you calling me fat, bro? I'm like, no. I'm yeah, just, he is skinny. I'm there. just Holy asking crap. what's going on. He said, I was doing a lot of keto and running 5Ks. <sighs> he is pretty. That's three years ago. It don't pretty, even look like No, it don't. Grape ape. He's called, <laughs> I saved him as Harambe in my phone. Okay, Kurt. So, uh, the New York Yankees. Um uh, let's see here. What kind of stats? I'll, I'll give you just some team stats for their batting. Um, how many home runs? They hit six home runs in the World Series. Uh, 30 RBIs. Kurt, what's BB? Tell everybody. Based on B- balls. Based on balls. 18. I really knew that. I was just getting oh. Kurt included. I don't know. Right. I'm like, right. I know somebody's like, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, they had 56 strikeouts at bat. Their average batting average was uh, 247. Uh, for the team, uh, on base percentage, 326, and slugging percentage was 399. So, uh, any particular players in general, you want me to, I don't want to go through more. The Yankees? Yeah. Let's the do, batting. Let's do A-Rod. So, A-Rod, um, I don't have his how many at-bats he had, but A-Rod, uh, five hits, one home run, six RBIs, three base on balls, Eight strikeouts. So, Batting average was two fifty. So they held a rod in yeah. check. Okay. On base percentage four twenty three and slugging percentage was pretty high at five fifty. Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera. So Cabrera scored one run, uh, three strikeouts. Uh Melky batting average and on base percentage and slugging percentage. I he got injured though. Yeah, it was all uh, 154. He was a switch batter, by yes, the way. Yes, yeah. Switch hitter. Um, Johnny Damon. We're gonna save Jeter for last. It's just the respect. Johnny Damon. Uh, Damon was per- Damon had a pretty good World Series. He uh he could rake. Scored six runs. He had four RBIs. Um, zero home runs though. Remember his batting stance? Yeah, fucked up. But, you know, <laughs> real open, open stance. Um, he though he he had a three sixty four batting average. His on base percentage was a four forty, and his slugging percentage was pretty high, four fifty five. Um, Hideki Matsui. Yeah, here we say. here we go. Um, you know, I'm looking for the difference makers. Well, actually, you know what? No offense. We're gonna give respect to Jeter, 
But for Mat- Matsui, we need to save us frost. So we'll go ahead and get Jeter. So Jeter. This is your leadoff guy. Yeah, Jeter would score five runs. Uh, he had 11 hits. Jeter would have only one RBI, one base on balls, only struck out six times. Jeter's stats pretty high here though. His batting average was a 407. That's pretty damn good. On base percentage 429. That's pretty damn good. Slugging percentage was a 519. I mean, have your leadoff spot. That's yeah. what you're after. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I want to put in there. Well, we'll just put. Well, okay. Well, Posada had a big. Yeah, series. I was gonna say I'll put Posada in here and then we'll we'll hit Hideki because okay. Hideki deserves. So Jorge Posada would have um, one run. Five hits, uh, didn't go yard, but he had far uh, five RBIs. He had two base on balls, so two walks. Uh, he struck out seven times though, but still his batting average was a two six three, not bad. Not bad, no. On base percentage was a three eighteen, and his slugging percentage was a three sixteen. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure out what who the big catalysts were for the Yankees in this series because. Hideki Matsui. Hideki Matsui, yes. So, uh, I need a cigarette for this. I'm getting excited thinking about this one. Um, Johnny Johnny Damon could break. Johnny Damon's a great guy. Yeah. Too bad. arrogant prick, but a, yeah. a great player. Maybe not yeah, a great guy. Great player, yes. <coughs> so, here you go. Hideki Matsui, which, by the way, we'll, we'll get into this in a minute, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Hideki Matsui is named World Series MVP, and uh, I'm going to tell you why. I don't remember how many at-bats he had because I cropped it off of this, but he's he's personally scored three runs. He had eight hits. Hideki Matsui would go yard three times in the World Series. He would have eight RBIs. Uh, he only struck out three times. His batting average was a 615. Wow. His on-base percentage was a 643. Okay. What do you think his slugging percentage was? Probably around seven or something. Can you, just for those that don't listen, because I like making you work, explain to everybody what the difference between on-base percentage, batting average, and slugging average is. Oh, well. I'm not sure on the uh, slugging. I'm not sure what they base that off of. Batting average is what? Batting average is what you bat. I mean, hits to at-bats. On-base percentage? Uh, On-base to at-bats, I guess, right? Yeah. And the slugging, though... I'm not sure. There's either. a couple things that's factored in that. Do you want to know what his slugging percentage is? Yeah. One point. Not point. One point three eight five. That's astronomical. That's what gets you the World, World Series, Series MVP. MVP. Right. So there's your catalyst then. Okay. So <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies batting averages here. We'll go ahead and get these stats Ibanez, out. I thought that was a really good really good trade for them or, or deal for them because they as a team they went yard 11 times 27 rbis 50 strikeouts though fueled uh, by 13 by ryan howard um their batting average as a team was a 227 their on-base percentage was a 318 and their slugging percentage was a 464 so i'm gonna go ahead and just get this out here because I know you're going to ask about a few, so we'll go ahead and just get this out of the way. Ryan Howard uh, only had four hits this World Series, scored three runs, went yard once, uh, two R- uh, three RBIs, excuse me, uh, two walks, uh, struck out 
13 times. His batting average was a 174. Ouch. His on-base percentage was a 240. And, and his slugging percentage was a 391. And the baseball is about the size of a BB coming in there about that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Literally. Now, though, for uh, the best hitter, the best hitter as far as, uh, if you don't, well, no, no. Victorino. It was Carlos Ruiz, the catcher. Is that right? Yeah, he hit a three thirty three. His on-base percentage was a four seventy eight, and his slugging percentage was a seven twenty two. He went yard once. I mean, did, uh, didn't he bat like only struck out twice? Didn't he bat like two thirty or something like that in the season? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cliff Lee was the other high one, but I mean, he's not a traditional batter. But right, right. I'm old school too. Pitchers bat. P- pitchers bat. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the DH is nice to get you the home run, but I'm old school. Uh, me too. For sure. NL don't use DHs. Pitchers no, bat. Pitchers bat. Uh, so if you take the pitchers out, though, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's Carlos Ruiz. Um, I thought Ibanez. Ibanez, yeah, I'm getting ready to get that. Ibanez scored two runs himself. Uh, he had seven hits. Uh, he went yard once, four RBIs, not bad. Oh, Struck out nine times, yeah. But he hit a three oh four on base percentage was a three thirty three. It's respectable. And yeah. a slugging percentage of six oh nine. Chase Utley. Uh Utley went yard five times. Uh he scored seven runs himself. He drove in eight RBIs. Uh got four walks. He batted a two eighty six. His on-base percentage was a 400, and then his slugging percentage was a 1.048. So I'm trying to figure out what a basic slugging percentage off of. I know it's a combination of things. It's a combination of things. I can't remember what what it is. But it's got something to do with home runs, I'd say. Is it embarrassing if we ask Google? No. Because it's a factor off a couple things. Okay, Google. What is slugging percentage? According to Wikipedia, in baseball statistics, slugging percentage is a measure of the batting productivity of a hitter. It is uh, calculated as total bases divided by total at-bats through the following okay. formula, where the at-bats is the number of bats for a given player. And first, second, third, and home runs are the number of singing. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it is a factor. It is a combination. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't, I so, think it's, I it's it. still yeah. an important stat. <clears throat> yes. So, um, Shane Victorino is the last one you wanted, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, he. I was wanting to. Jimmy Rollins, I think. Oh. Well, Jimmy had a, Jimmy wasn't bad. Jimmy went. Jimmy didn't go yard. Uh, he had five hits. You know, he's a leadoff hitter. That's kind of what I was wanting to know. Um, he had five hits. He drove in um, two RBIs. He hit two seventeen. His on base percentage was a three forty five. And then v- yeah. Victorino. Uh, These were the spark plugs. I mean, yeah, well, they're supposed to be the spark plugs. Shane only hit a one eighty two. He uh, did not go yard, but he drove in a couple of RBIs. So now. Uh, um, I think the big, the big downfall would have been Ryan Howard there. I think, don't you think? I mean, but you got to get on base for him too. That's, but. that's part of the word association later. Okay. 
My bad. <laughs> He's like, Kurt's like, my bad. All right, so the New York Yankees pitching. Uh, the total ERA was a 458. Uh, they pitched a total of 53 innings. Uh, they allowed 44 hits, 27 runs, um, 26 walks. Uh, the walks hits innings pitched. The whip, 1.321. Uh, anybody in particular you want me to run through? CC? Yeah, let's do Sebastian. CC had a 3.29 ERA. 13.2 innings pitched, allowed five runs on 11 hits, and he set down 12 batters. And his whip was a 1.244. Um, we'll do A.J. Burnett and then the greatest closer in baseball history to follow. So, A.J., uh, he had a 70 ERA, uh, right, pitched rock. nine innings, uh, allowed eight hits, seven runs, uh, set down 11, and his whip was a 1.556. Right there is going to be your Ryan Howard deal uh, is the Yankees' left-handed pitching. In. I mean. Uh, oh, we got forgot about Andy, too. Yeah, Andy Pettit. So, Andy Pettit, he had a 5.4 ERA. He huh. pitched 11.2 innings. He allowed seven runs, gave up nine hits, struck out 10. 1.457 whip. And then the greatest closer in baseball history, Mariano Rivera. He had a zero ERA. That's pretty good. Yeah. 5.1 <laughs> innings pitched. Uh, set down three. Uh, allowed three hits, zero runs. Uh, 0.938 whip. Uh, that's lights out. And then bringing up the rear, my Philadelphia Phillies here. Uh, Shake it off. Pedro Martinez, we'll start with him. Six point, well, before we start with that, the totals. They had a 5.37 ERA, 52 innings pitched, 32 runs off 49 hits, uh, 56 strikeouts, uh, 18 walks, and the whip was a 1.288. Uh, so, Pedro Martinez, 6.3 ERA. Ten innings pitched. Uh, allowed nine hits, seven runs, four walks. Struck out 13, though, and his whip was a 1.3. Uh, let's see where we're at here. Cole Hamels, yeah. 10.38 ERA. Ouch. Uh, five hits, five runs. Two walks, three strikeouts. Whip was a 1.615. And then uh, Cliff Lee, 2.81 ERA, uh-huh. 16 innings pitched, 13 hits, six runs, three walks, set down 13 of them, and his whip was a 1.0 even. And uh, I don't really care about Joe Blanton or any of the other guys. So uh, Cole Hamels. Uh, Cole Hamels. Lights out all year, wasn't he? I mean, didn't he lead the team in wins that year? I think. Hammer. Hammer. Yeah. Cl- Cliff Hammer Cliff Lee. Lee. Man, uh, sorry about your Philly, dude. <sighs> thanks. Thanks, bro. That means a lot to me, <sighs> Dick. So here's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, television ratings for the 2009 World Series were pretty excellent. Game one attracted around 19.5 million viewers, second only to the opening of the 2004 World Series for a series opener, which would have been the Red Sox. Right. 
That's big news. Uh, 29% higher than 2008's opening game. Uh, game 4 produced the highest total viewership of the series with 22.8 million viewers, the highest for any World Series game since 2004, and the highest for a non-decisive Game 4 since 2001. At 11.7 overall, the 2009 World Series was at the time the highest rated World Series since 2004, and one of the only World Series to average double digits since 07. the other one being 2016. Chicago uh, Cubs. Chicago Cubbies. Yeah. Television ratings for the 2009 World Series. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, uh, many players with both teams would win awards for their performances. To Sharon Jeter, each won a gold glove and a silver slugger award. Rollins and Victorino won gold gloves as well. Utley won a silver slugger award. Rivera was named the 2009 DHL Delivery Man of the Year, as well as the Sporting News' Pro Athlete of the Year. Along with the Hank Aaron Award announced before Game 4, Jeter also won the Roberto Clemente Clemente Award and was named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year for 2009. I didn't say Clemente. I said Clemente. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Fucking idiots. Matsui would win World Series MVP, becoming the first Japanese player and the first full-time DH to win the award. He joined former Minnesota Twins player Dan Gladden as members of the 1994 Japan Series winning your Murray Giants team, who have won championships in North America and Japan. And several items related to the series were sent to the National Baseball Hall of Fame Museum, including the bats from Jeter and Matsui, Caps from Rivera, Lee and Pettit, and Johnny Damon's so, cleats. So how much do you love Matsui now? Well, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, I agree. I'm just giving you a hard time. Just shut up and let me do this. Just <laughs> shut up and let me work. I'm trying to work here. <laughs> what the fuck, man? The series brought the Yankees franchise championships total to 27, more than any other North American professional sports franchise. They're cheating somehow. The championship came in the Yankees' first year in their new stadium. Footnote, Kurt loves deep slu- I mean, deep stats and good research. They also won the World Series in 1923, the opening year of the previous Yankee stadium. The victory was noted by some sports writers as a personal success for A-Rod, winning his first and only world championship and succeeding in the playoffs where some had previously claimed he was a choker and a loser. Prior to this series, Rodriguez had appeared in 2,166 regular season games without a World Series appearance, second most among active players to King Griffey Jr. The Yankees' victory was credited to a number of different sources. Many players drew praise for their performances, including the series MVP, Hideki Matsui. Free agents signed the previous offseason, including Teixeira, CC Sabathia, and A.J. Burnett, and the so-called core four of the team, Jeter, Rivera, Pettit, and Posada, who had all played a large role in the Yankees' past success in the 90s. Joe Girardi was also credited for his management of the team, particularly in his decision to use only three starting pitchers in the Yankees' postseason starting rotation. The Yankees were the first team to to use only three stars in a World Series since the Padres in 1998, 
and several members of the Yankees franchise deaded the World Series in part to team owner George Steinbrenner, who had recently stepped down from his prominent position. Steinbrenner died the day of the All-Star Game the following season, which we mentioned earlier. Right. On November 6th, a victory, played, a victory parade took place in, for the Yankees in the Canyon of Heroes in Manhattan. The Yankees returned to the playoffs the following season as a wild card. They lost to the Texas Rangers in the 2010 ALCS, which included an 8-0 shutout in Yankee Stadium by former Philly ace Cliff Lee before he went back. Um, The Yankees, blah, 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 blah. They haven't been back to the World Series since. Good. Following game four, after the Yankees took a 3-1 series lead, the Philadelphia Inquirer accidentally printed a three-quarters page Macy's advertisement congratulating the Phillies for winning the World Series, Oops. along with a picture of the Phillies championship T-shirt. They subsequently apologized for the mistake. Uh, Lee Jenkins of Sports Illustrated said Philadelphia is lost to a lack of pitching debt, noting that three different Yankee starters managed to win games in the series while only Cliff Lee won for the Phillies. The Phillies' 2008 Postseason star pitchers Cole Hamels and closer Brad Lidge struggled in their only appearance of the 09 World Series. The Phillies' bill, bullpen, which did exceptionally well in the NLCS, performed piss poor in the World Series, allowing seven runs in just 11 and two thirds innings with a 540 ERA. Ouch. ESPN staff, ESPN on air analysts, attributed the Phillies' loss to their lack of offensive production, citing the team's 227 batting average in the World yeah. Series, headlined by the lack of fire from the bat of one Ryan Howard. I, I, I got to say, man, that, that just stands out to me for some reason as a, um, a big factor in that World Series. Before the start of the 2010 season, the Phillies did some reorganization. They traded away postseason pitcher Cliff Lee, they traded three prospects and cash to the Blue Jays for Halliday, and of course Cliff Lee would come back. But uh, basically, they haven't been to the postseason since 2011. Haven't been to the World Series since 2009. They'll make it back, and they did not post another winning record until 2021. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be back. So, and uh, we don't talk politics on Steel Toes and Scoreboards, but I found a little piece of information here that I just thought was a little quippet, and I thought it was fun, and I wanted to throw this in here. Among those in attendance in Game 1 of the World Series was New York Governor David Patterson, whose party had five tickets for five seats behind home plate. On March 3, 2010, the New York Commission on Public Integrity founded that Patterson had violated state laws concerning gifts to public officials and that he had lied under oath to the commission Uh about his intent to pay for the tickets. The commission further found that Patterson used his position as governor to solicit and receive five tickets valued at $425 Uh each, free of charge from the Yankees, and that he had never intended to pay for the tickets despite his testimony to the contrary. And that he or a person acting on his behalf wrote a backdated check to pay for them only after the scrutiny in the case when it became public. The commission ultimately fined Patterson $62,125 for his actions. Wow. Okay. We don't talk politics on here, but I thought... And and, uh, the article I mentioned earlier from the Phillies fan site, The Good Fight, 
you know, they had three reasons why they would repeat, three right, reasons why right, they wouldn't. So, right. unfortunately, here's their three reasons why they wouldn't repeat. And keep in mind, this was wrote a month before the World Series ended. His number one reason why they wouldn't repeat, he said they're gassed. They're tired. Yeah, I'm not going to read it yeah. all. I can see that. I mean, that's arguable. Yeah, I mean, but This is a, a big one here. His second one, no relief. And I am going to read this, read this one. And I quote, do you really trust anyone coming out of the Phillies bullpen to get big outs and big spots? Brad Lidge's uh, trial, trials and tribulations we all know in excruciating detail. As nice as it would be if they were, if the light were finally to come on and lights out Lidge to return, there's utterly no grounds to believe it'll happen. Ryan Madsen, nobody downs the talent, but he's reverted to a one-pitch guy, and the best hitters in the world can time a fastball. Every other arm you might want to believe in is hurting. Brett Myers and Scott Erie are limited at best. And J.C. Romero and probably Chohan Park will have as much bearing on a playoff outcome as you reading this or me writing this. If they win a series or two, it will be a shock if the Phillies lose fewer than one or two games, which they're leading late. Teams can overcome this at any time. Hmm. And then his third reason, and I'm going to read this one, nobody repeats. There's a good reason it's been a decade since baseball's last back-to-back champion. On top of superior talent, everything else has to go right. The 08 Phillies were a perfect example of this. Already blessed with good health going into October, they were able to set up their rotation for every series with Cole Hamels working game one. Beyond that, they kept getting the most advantageous matchups. A happy-to-be-here Brewers team for the 08 Division Series, or for the... The division series, the Dodgers rather than the Cubs for the NLCS, and an exhausted experience Tampa Bay Rays club instead of the defending champion Red Sox coming from the 07. So maybe all the dominoes will fall their way, but probably not. So what I got to talk about now is our famous stuff we talk about all the time. The October 30th, 2020 ESPN.com article where they ranked all 116, soon to be 117 World Series. Uh, basically, how they ranked this, and I'll read this real fast. Uh, game leverage index, which measures how close the game is on each play and how likely the next play is to shift each team's chances of winning. A game that's close for nine, nine innings and a walk-off in the 10th wins it will rate much better than one in which a team jumps ahead early and runs away with it championship leverage index it's similar to game leverage except it includes how close the series is itself a seven game series will rate much higher than a sweep number three how memorable the series was the 1988 world series for example wasn't particularly close but it produces instant recall for one inning alone yeah and then four how historically significant the series was uh these two this one came in ranked at 92nd uh series leverage index at 93 game leverage at 96 and i'm not going to read this but the only article the only thing they have in here is basically they win their 27th title and ended pedro's career and the whole we talked you know we did the 04 alcs a couple weeks ago the whole uh, the Red Sox were, you know, and Pedro was yelling, who's your daddy? Yeah. Well, here in game six in Yankee Stadium, they there were yelling it back to him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said something very interesting back just a minute ago. What's Going that? into October, 
going in. That's why the 2020 Dodgers, I feel as though they didn't win a world championship. Going Major League in, Baseball going, says they Going did. into October, a lot of things happened. We're in October right now, so. And uh, they only played a third of a season. I'm sorry. So, to put a bow on this, yeah. let's play a little word association. <laughs> okay. And then if you have any, you can ask me or I can rotate the computer and you can follow the same formula. So, Okay. Uh, I've only got 10, but over the course of going through the episode, I come up with a couple more. So, uh, the 2009 New York Yankees. Solid. 2009 Philadelphia Phillies. Solid. Cliff Lee's performance in game one. I liked out. CC Sabathia. Um, dominant left-handed pitching. I mean, not. Just the first thing that comes to mind, bud. Well, I mean, his delivery. Matsui being named World Series MVP. Uh, not surprised. A-Rob being hit numerous times by pitches. Ah, uh, yes. I wonder if we're going to get that. Huh. I, on purpose? I think so. Even even that the last one he got plunked. I mean, I mean he got hit numerous games. I mean, you know, I, don't, I mean, trying to win a World Series, I don't think you'd be putting anybody on base in a, you know, if you lose, you're done scenario, would you? No. No. I think Maybe was, the first two they plunked him for sure on purpose. I don't know. Will we ever know? I don't know. Ryan Howard's cold spell, cold streak, <laughs> cold bat. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Good word, my man. I mean, he was lights out for a year and a half, two years. I mean, and then dominant. He, won, dominant, that, he yes, won the NLCS yes. MVP. See that that was sticking out in my mind for some reason that they did not win the World Series. I don't want to place my team losing the World Series on one player, well, but I, I don't, it certainly it looks certainly towards lo- yeah. Ryan Howard's direction. Yes. For some reason, that just keeps popping in my head there. Right. Pedro being dinged around in Game Six in <laughs> in Yankee Stadium. Tough. That's just tough. tough. Yeah. I mean, who's your daddy, huh? I like Pedro too. I, mean, I do too. Yeah. What about the Phillies adding Rule Banez in the off season? Okay. Uh, I would think it was an upgrade over you Pat. Don't Bur- or you I do. do. I do too. Over Pat Burrell, offensively and defensively. Uh, Banez could rake, and he wasn't that bad of an outfitter. Burrell, he was a strikeout or home run. Joe Girardi pitching these guys on three days rest, going three man rotations. He's pitching his best rotation. Know what I would say? What's that? Ballsy. Ball. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The Yankees winning their 27th title. Boo. Okay. For sure. And the 2009 World Series. Entertaining. Entertaining. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it was an entertaining series. I mean, I don't know. If I, I was kind of surprised where it ranked on that. Ask me. Go ahead and ask me that one right now. What's that? Uh, 2009. 2009 World Series. Heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. I bet. Heartbreaking. For sure. 
Matsui being named World Series MVP, not surprising. Yeah. Matsui stats out of this world. <laughs> yeah. He could rake. Uh, CC Sabathia, intimidating. Yeah, good word. Good word. A Rod being dinged around, getting funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, Raul Banez being added, morale booster. Yeah, good word. Pedro in game six and Yankee, sorry about your luck. Yep. yep. Yankees winning the 27th title, who gives a fuck? <laughs> 2009 Yankees itself, motivated. Yeah. Yeah. 2009 Phillies, World Series hangover. Yeah. Cliff Lee game one, dealing. Dealing, yeah. Just yes. dealing. Yeah. So. I like Cliff Lee. He was a pretty good pitcher. So that wraps up this episode. So that brings up uh, what are we going to do, do next? next week? Yeah. Here's uh, the infamous infamous list I think it's been a long time enough it's wrote on company paper ditto sales inc <laughs> there we go we're fired Monday morning now <laughs> I gotta fuck I can't fucking see oh, oh tell everybody who won the golf scramble so Saturday yeah, yeah. last week we had a company golf scramble which it's out there now we work for ditto sales verse deal we said it now we made it yeah. through without saying it but you know by now it's gaining traction people around the plant know about it uh i think some, i think there was rumors that some people in the office had heard about it and checked it out i can't confirm that yet right. so uh kurt's team <laughs> cheated won the company golf scrap they won it with one over par yeah we one won. over is what won well that sh- that shows you how fucking bad are all of us yeah when one uh, over we, wins uh we got carried by one guy hey look there's our third anchor look yeah where, where you been at bro asleep, asleep. <laughs> her, her face. He, he how are you, like you gonna sleep with us in here yelling and hooping and hollering <laughs> so what are we gonna talk about next week well uh don't say it's baseball season. What's brothels? Brothels. Hey, what what did you say the other week? What what about brothels? You said a few months ago. Uh, I don't know. What was it? They should be legal. legal. Well, they, well, yeah, they got. Well, they need to be more abundant. More abundant. <laughs> yeah, That's that, that word of the day. More abundant. abundant. Wieners and buttholes. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. Well. Yeah, Doyle's friend. Doyle's she lady says, friend. She says we need to do cheerleading. I don't know how the fuck to research a cheerleading episode. Uh, Put up pictures of the Cowboys cheerleaders. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. It's baseball season. I can't do it. Nobody let me be on top of the fucking pyramid. <laughs> By golly, I- <laughs> wait. <clears throat> I believe I might do it. I don't know. You'd be a cheerleader? I think I would. You be. want me putting my hand they, up in your ass to lift well, you up? Well, now, in there? wait a minute. I was just thinking, I was thinking the opposite way, not me putting up your head, but I, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> put, put, putting on a woman's butt, it'd be all right, I guess. You know? <laughs> She'd not, they'd probably get more action than 
Well, you're gonna say it's baseball season. Well, it is baseball season. We haven't done a hockey episode. Well, yet. let's do a hockey episode. I don't know. I got a few hockey episodes in there. Islanders winning four straight cups. <clears throat> we got to do something for Glary too for long. Yeah, let me <clears throat> a steel toes episode. Yep. Okay. History. I don't know. Let's do another sports one while we're on. I'm in the mood. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I need to start prepping with suggestions before I come over. You you pick this time. Well, you picked last week. Yeah. Maybe I want to pick again. You want to pick again? No. You pick. You want to run the show? I'll no. let you run the show. No, no I'm out. You don't even want. You don't even know how to run the equipment, do you? <laughs> no. It's not that hard. Uh, hey, that little fucking I fifty dollar an analog. Man. Yeah, that fifty dollar equipment mod. We put it to the test last week. Yeah, uh, impressive. A little bonus episode there, just to see if it where it's yeah. going to come in handy when we get snowed in. Yeah. Can't get to each other this winter. I'd say it could be a possibility. It's well, knowing where you live and you've been down in the holler where I live, it's definitely. Yeah. You haven't got a four wheel drive where I live. You ain't getting out there. Right. Right. Yeah, it is true. You're back in there a little bit. Yeah. That's a long climb that hill back to the top to the highway. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I got my truck, manual, old school lock-in hubs, bro. And I'd say that road don't get much attention neither once no. you get out to the main road, does it? Uh, not we got a neighbor today. back there with a tractor and a grader. They do some work on the lane, but... Uh, I bet county don't get there till late in the evening or That the state day. highway, it's, it's about a day lapse. Yeah, yeah. So that's that'll like come a, in. That'll come in handy. It's about like they're here. I mean, the next morning maybe we might get some plows out this way. But they plow our driveway should. Hey, doll, come here. We're still recording, but come here. Just come here. You're not naked, are you? Okay, thank God. So. I was just going to ask you something, because I'm trying to decide on an episode. So I want you to, just off the top of your head, without really thinking hard, if I say to you, what if LeBron stayed in Cleveland 2010? What comes to mind? Uh, I mean, they would obviously, history would be a lot different, you know. Do you think he gets a ring before he got the ring in 15? Yeah, th- yeah. Uh, twelve and thirteen. Yeah, because yeah. in eleven they well, lost. Be, uh, Who would they lose to in eleven? That was Spurs. No, in eleven. Mavericks. Mavericks. The yeah. First year he was there. Okay. The Mavericks. Okay. Dirk. 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 And they no. definitely should not have lost that team. But they <clears throat> and then in twelve they beat the Thunder, right? Yep. And then thirteen they beat the Spurs. Spurs. And then fourteen they lost to the Spurs and yep. he jetted back to Cleveland. Which that's what he needed. I Cleveland's happy he did. I can't wait till he gets his mic. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been pretty upset See, that would be more of an opinionated episode. What happens, LeBron State? That's just us shooting the shit. I mean, it, that, it, you'd yeah. go back and look at, uh, you go back and look at, like, how the draft changed. There'd be no Kyrie Irving, right? Right. There'd be no Kyrie right. in Cleveland. Yep. There'd be no Andrew Wiggins in 14. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying about the history. Be, 
That'd be a fun. That'd be fun yeah. to do. <clears throat> We've only done one what if special, right? We yeah. did Tyson versus well, Ali. Let's do it. Ah. I'll commit to it right now. <laughs> you want to commit to it? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you three options, and you're going to pick it. So, because <laughs> I don't. So since it's baseball season, yeah. As he's reminding me, we could I could possibly sit down for. I think the season might be over now. The Dodgers are behind. I probably got beat. I mean, I could talk baseball every week. Well, I could too, but. Here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you three options, and you're going to pick it. So, 2017 Stanley Cup Finals, my Predators, your Penguins. What if special LeBron stays in Cleveland 2010? Or... 1986 World Series. Man. That would be a third baseball in a row. Yeah, I don't know how that would go with I, the listeners. I don't. I'm narrowed down to the pins and the what if. And the LeBron? Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that World Series. We can do another World Series episode after the World Series is over. All right, all right. I'd say we do that LeBron deal. That, that sounds fun. That's just opinionated. I mean, that, that'll be. Well, that's all right. I guess we'll just play with some things and maybe we can make our own lineups and rosters and you know what opinions are like don't you right they're like assholes everybody's got yeah, one there you go well fuck it son uh what a special next yeah, week let's do it yeah lebron stays in cleveland 2010 that'd be interesting that's uh I mean, lebron's starting out oh and one this year oh two they're oh and two right now yeah, i think yeah well lebron's had good games i think but yeah. He's 38 years old. Man, where does time go? 2003 his rookie year. I was uh, <clears throat> I was a high school sophomore. I was 16 years old. I just turned 16 a few months before the season kicked off. Yeah, I'd have been an old man to you. Oh, shit. I'd be about your age right now, probably. I'm 34 now. That's probably would have been about right. Yeah. Well, I'd been I'd been thirty nine. Um, I would have been wrapping up my softball career then. Wrapping huh. up your softball career? Yep. I got eighteen notifications from the NHL Shit. on my phone. I played slow pitch softball for twenty years. So as I say in every we don't own any content, anything. It all goes to who it goes to, but we need to pick. We're going to start ending every show with a song of the day. Okay. We play a little bit. So this was uh, this was the song that was in my head earlier today. So this is the song we're going to end on. This is what we'll end the episode on. And, uh, again, we don't own any of this content. It all goes to who owns it. Uh and uh kurt see if you can tell me who this is oh you don't want to play again me oh i know you you went a lot so uh hope you guys like this episode uh it's a late night i don't know if kurt's kicking me out or if we're gonna sit here and shoot the shit with each I other for never, a while i don't ever kick him out uh, I, I, end up, I end up going to bed and he leaves 
Yeah, he's just like, I'm going, fucker, don't even tell me goodnight. And he's just like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm packing my shit up now. <laughs> he Motherfucker. You don't have to leave. It's because I'm going to bed. All right. So uh, I do have to. So you know what I'm doing? So you know that Masonic logo that's tattooed on the back of my neck? Yeah. The, the G and the square and the right. compass? So, uh, so I, I, I guess I'm getting back into the lodge. So, in 2012-ish or so, uh, I went in in 07, took my third degree, became a master mason, in February 29th of 08. So, I only went, I went through the whole thing in like five months. So, uh, I did a lot lodge, and my grandfather was a mason, my dad's a mason, so, uh, Lodge, you know, I got memories of my grandpa growing up, but, you know, all six of us grandkids had our adult memories, and mine and his was always going to Lodge together. I was real invested in it, and some things happened. I kind of got out of it for a while. I just, you know, some won't get into it. I just, some things happened. I was a little miffed, a little butt hurt. Plus, I went back to work at night shift, so I didn't go. So, I didn't make but only a handful of meetings in the last seven or eight years. So, then my grandfather, when he passed away last month, I participated in the Masonic services part of his funeral. My dad and my uncle sat there. They they didn't partake in, but I, I wanted to do this. So then we had our monthly meeting at the beginning of this month, and I went back up to Lodge, and everybody was like, it's good to see you, and I thanked them for everything. And just when I think I got out, they pulled me back, back in. in. So I volunteered. <laughs> uh, I was going to work Friday morning, and uh, I couldn't work this morning, but plans change i ended up with the kids thursday night because they're on fall break fall break which uh me and the ex are uh, playing nice a lot here lately really nice and uh, she's like hey the kids are on fall break i forgot to tell you i'm like oh shit i forgot about it too so i got the kids thursday night when i left work didn't realize cool that's an awesome surprise but in the morning at i'm gonna be up at the masonic lodge at about 3 30 in the morning i don't even know if i'm going to bed yet depends on how long i stay here and shoot the shit with you right right. i got a change of clothes in the car i was prepped for whatever tonight brought us so we're gonna have a breakfast for the little community donations only gonna take some donations there we're gonna have some biscuits and gravy bacon and eggs pancakes hash browns holy cow oh yeah good breakfast put on five pounds right there oh man so uh so that's what i'm doing tomorrow morning and then uh tomorrow evening i'm crashing and all right we're ready for work monday we're ready for work monday but uh, what i'm doing tomorrow yet well depending on what time i leave probably sleeping till about 10 (laughs) but uh anyways we hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, n- the next time we record, which, uh, depending on the schedule, right. you know, we'll right. figure it out. Uh, what if special LeBron stays in Cleveland 2010? Should be fun. So, and like I said, we, everything. Oh, one other thing. I'm just getting so far damn ahead of myself here. I would like to thank our sources for this episode. Uh, ESPN, MLB, Bleacher Report, the LA Times, the New York Post, the New York Times, Baseball Reference, Wikipedia, MLB on Fox, NBC Sports, the Philadelphia Inquirer, USA Today, The Good Fight, SB Nation, Pinstripe Alley, Phillies.com, Yankees.com, 538 Sports, the Boston Globe, and Fox Sports Radio. Again, to our knowledge, everything we presented in this episode was factual to the best of our knowledge. If not, Hit us up, uh, like us on Facebook, give us you know some feedback. Yeah, we like feedback. Yeah, what little bit we get. Right. But all right, Kurt, here we go, everybody. We're going to end on this. We don't know any song of this of the content. Day. Song of the day. We're going to start ending every episode with a song of the day.
I got it. Who? Yeah, who? <laughs> who? Uh, the who? It, yeah. What's the name of this? Join one? together with the band. You son of a sandbag and son of a bitch. <laughs> what a play for a minute or so. Yeah. It's our song I, of the day. I, I dig me some who, man. Oh, yeah. First band to really play loud. I love the who. I do too. Who's their drummer? Keith Moon. Badass. Yes. Damn good drummer. Who was their lead guitarist and their singer? Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend. Bassist? Uh, I don't remember the bassist. My oh. ex-wife loved the Who. Thunderfingers. She's, she's five years younger than me. That's awesome, dude. But she was she was a big Who. She had a she had a, like a shrine to Keith Moon when she was a teenager. Keith Moon was badass, dude. He was a lady killer. Yep, for sure. All right, guys. Uh, for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. We'll see you next time for another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Peace out. Peace out.